Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Heroes of Noise, episode 19. Good Lord, I'm your host, Steve. What is up, everybody? My name is Dan Ramirez. Welcome to episode 19. It's another lovely week. Got my partner, Steve, out there somewhere in the ether. How you doing, brother? I am doing fantastic. Did we get all the, the doo-doo and love talk out of our systems so we can we approach did. this like G's? Hey, look, y'all, if you're wondering what in love really means or the lack thereof of meaning, listen to our pregame. I break it down. Don't trip, y'all. Don't trip. I got y'all. I broke it down for you. From, you know, and then from the married side, Dan broke it down for y'all. So you're safe if you explain it to your wife and you don't want to get poked in the eye. It's like we need a bumper be like, on the next episode of Heroes <laughs> of Noise pregame, Steve and Dan really unlock do. the mysteries of love. And bidets. In bidets. Talk about some good <laughs> shit and, and booty. <laughs> and somewhere in there, a bed full of titties that will get edited out. Probably. You edit it out. I don't know why you edit. Why, why would you edit that out? It was really uh, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. We'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get right into the business of Heroes of Noiseness. But if you guys also wanted to get into our business of Heroes of Noiseness, there's a certain way of doing that. Actually, multiple ways. And Dan's going to hit you up with it right about icky, 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 icky now. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, what's happening? It's your old buddy Dan here. Welcome to the show. Got a little contact information for you, just like I do each and every week. And here it goes. If you want to reach the show, you want to reach your boys, Steve and Dan, shoot out an email to us, heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. That's right, heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, you can hit us up at Heroes of Noise. You can reach myself, Dan, at DanQPublic, and my buddy Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. We are on Instagram. You can find us at, at Heroes of Noise Podcast. Facebook, Heroes of Noise Podcast. And Steve, I know you're aware of this, but you haven't quite gotten into it yet, and that's okay because it's that new. We are now on Vero. Have you heard of Vero? Neither had I until yesterday, but now we're on it. And you can hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast. I kind of like that one. I kind of hope that it... It seems a little bit different, and it's nice that it's um, it's kind of a ghost town right now. So, you know, get in. Apparently, they're going to charge for this one day, and if you get in, the first million people get it for free. There you go. I'll let them promote themselves. You can find all of this information at www.heroesofnoise.com. That's where we live. While you're there, click on a link. Leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to the show. We're everywhere, guys. Let me tell you what. You, you challenge me, I'll tell you where we are. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, iHeart, Spotify. Tune in. We're everywhere. You cannot escape the heroes of noise. That's all I got to say, ladies and gentlemen. We have a show to do. I'm going to turn it back over to my boy, Steve. Sir, on a platter, here you go. Something happened this last week, Dan. What's that? You get some? You little booty? <laughs> Wrong. In the oh. race. As, as uh, <laughs> Charlie Murphy said, wrong, wrong. <laughs> um, no, the Oscars, man, we made a few predictions. We made a few predictions, Dan, and one of us won. Who was it? I don't know. I think maybe we should break this one down here. You want to go back and uh, kind of explain what we were doing here? All right. So last week we broke down about five, six categories of uh, who we thought were going to win for the different categories, the respective categories in the Oscars. And we decided to put a little bit of a no wager to see who really knows this movie thing. And we said who we wanted to win and who would probably get it. 
The, oh, how did, did you watch the actual telecast? I actually did. I watched some of it. I didn't watch all of it. I think I missed probably an hour of it, but I caught all the good stuff for the most part. And I was pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. Like your highlight of the night was what? I think it was, you know, it made me the most happy when Guillermo won. And the second, and equally happy actually, when uh, Jordan Peele got it Man. for, you know, for a uh, best, what was it? Uh, best adaptation. Original, scre- uh, original, original screenplay. screenplay. Sorry, original yeah. screenplay. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Um, the room was dope. People were very happy about that. Uh, Frances McDormand winning was also very cool. She's a, uh, she's something, huh? <laughs> she's a different human being, dog. Like she's very different. Like there's a picture of her and Tiffany Haddish seeing each other and going crazy. And I'm like, oh, she's on the cool side of interesting. Frances McDormand is on the cool side of interesting. Some people are on that other side of interesting. Where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's interesting. I think Quentin yeah. Tarantino's on the other side of interesting. Yeah, he's interesting like, with quotes. Yes, he's interesting. Whereas Frances McDormand is interesting, but she's going to be at the end of the night. You're going to be like, that was really a fun time. She's interesting, but it was fun. Her speech was, it was a really strong speech that she did. It was just her delivery had me kind of like, like backing up a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she's, yeah, she's very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? Tell you what. Let me just play a little clip right here just to just to show you what I'm talking about, okay? Yes. All right, here we go. To have all the female nominees in every category stand with me in this room tonight. The actors. Meryl, if you do it, everybody else will. Come on. The filmmakers, the producers, the directors, the writers, the cinematographer, the, the composers, the songwriters, the, 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 the designers. Come on. <laughs> <Ms. Barnett. laughs> she does come off a little bit strong, don't you think? I think she come what happened like cuz even when she won the previous awards for that role, she was I think she was boiling over for whatever reason and this one she just just let it all out. Yeah, she just she was, she was she was interesting before. Like her last uh, acceptance speech was it for the Golden or the no Golden Globes was it? I think it was the Golden Globes. She yeah, had I a think very you're right. Interesting speech then, and I was like, huh, she's different. But again, I like. I think that's what makes her such a um, because if you if that's how she is normally, well then I don't understand how she did Fargo. Like so sedate. Yes. Or so like. I don't know if that she dates means the she right was word, really compared acting. to what she compared to how she was, yeah, that's I would yes. call it today. That means she's really acting in Fargo because she was chill. I, but she's yeah, she's she's different in uh, <laughs> she's it was in three billboards. It looks closer to Frances McDormand, probably. You know, in a way, I kind of appreciated the whole fuck you of it though, because you know, like you look at how everyone was dressed, and I'm not bagging on her. I swear I'm not. But you look at how everyone was dressed at the Oscars, and they're all very you know. They're dressed for the Oscars. She looked more, she wasn't dressed for the Oscars. And I don't mean that in a who wore it better kind of stupid ass way. I'm just saying she, she just kind of had a, I don't really give a shit kind of look on her, like in her appearance and not in a bad way, but not like, I, like I'm not going to go out and spend crazy thousands of dollars for a dress. I'm going to wear one time. That's how I think Frances McDormand is. Well, I think it's also, you know, people loved that about Tiffany Haddish because she wore the same dress she wore at a previous thing. And what she was saying is, look, I'm not going to buy a $4,000 dress and just wear it once. 
I'm wearing this to my parties. And she did. And people were like, you know what? It's a breath of fresh air. Man, I would just like to line up all the people at those like red carpet things where it's like, oh, what are you wearing? Or, you know, can you believe what so-and-so was wearing? And like I said, I I know I just said, I was, I was saying it more like a compliment for her. You know what I mean? Like, screw it. I'm not doing this shit. I got logic and I'm not spending my money on this dumb shit. But you know what I'm talking about where they're like bashing people for wearing the same dress twice or I want to just line them all up in a big, just, just right in a row and just run past them as fast as I can just slapping the shit out of them each time. That would be so great. I can't stand those stupid things, dude. I really, I really, it really bugs me. Well, you know, it's odd because I had, uh, I think my, my highlight of the night, oddly enough, was Tiffany Haddish. She represented me at the Oscars. Like you see her jump over the rope to say hi to Meryl Streep. Yeah. That's what I would want to do. Like every person she saw, she reacted the way you and I would have reacted. Like she's shocked to be there. She's like, is that such and such? And I can just walk over there because I'm invited? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is how a normal person would just act if you were surrounded by superstars. I don't know why more people don't. Why don't you just show how excited you are? Just show it. This is crazy. I'm glad you brought her up, Steve, because there, there was something that I wanted to ask you. So, you know, I was kind of following Twitter as the Oscars are going along. And did you see when she came out and did her thing and she came out with like no shoes on and all that? I didn't see that. I didn't see uh, that yet. There wasn't a real warm response to that on Twitter. Did you did um, you catch any of that? I, I didn't catch it, but I could see I could I, I totally uh, imagine that there wouldn't be. That makes sense considering who the Oscar audiences is. No, no, no. Quite the opposite, actually. I was reading on Twitter, and it was more coming from, like, black Twitter. You know what I mean? I was looking into that. And some of them were saying, like, you know what? This is an important night for us, and that's how you come out? I could, I mean, for me, I didn't feel that. I I thought that um, if she did come out and bear, like, what you're saying. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I think it's a, um, she's, here's, (laughs) I think the most I can say is, um, She's authentically her. Yes. She is authentically her. And that's why I found it really funny. There were no fucks given. She was just coming out and doing her thing. And I got to hold off on that until, like, I'm wondering, here's my thing. If Michael B. Jordan came out barefoot, would, would, what would people be saying? Would they, would all of a sudden Shane to be like, oh, yeah, look at him. He doesn't even trip. He plays by his own rules. Thank you. Something tells me the um the narrative would change i Look think it's obnoxious him. not like not necessarily in her case because she's wearing heels you know what i'm saying yeah. i heard they're not comfortable and i don't know yeah right and that was also like effectively part of her joke that was part of the punchline was that you know damn my feet hurt and that's why she was coming out like that so i get that but i've been to a lot of concerts before where the artist oh, comes out on stage barefoot that dude. bugs the shit dude. out of me i just want to throw like a bunch of tacks on stage when they're not looking and just see well, dude, well you should have put so some annoying. shoes on so I used to go see the Rollins band all the time. You know Henry Rollins, right? You know Henry Rollins. Yes, I is? do. He used to be yeah. rocked out. He looks different now. Yeah, well, he's getting older, but he's getting he's my oh, god, he's got to be close to sixty now. But I used to see the Rollins band quite often, and uh, they all came out barefoot. I thought that was weird. All of them. It was really strange to me. I don't understand that at all. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I, like, I get someone like who's a Hawaiian homie. He's oh yeah, like Jack Johnson. That yeah, always bugged I me too. I get his thing. Nah, like, I, I would imagine Mraz doing the same thing. Mind yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, Put some damn number, shoes on. Ain't nobody want to see your feet. Maybe someone a, wants to see your feet, but I don't. 
I don't I don't dig that whole thing. But for her to come out and do that, here's the only thing I saw on Twitter from the circle I was in is why aren't they uh, hosting next year? And I'm like, who? And I'm yeah. like, Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish and Maya Rudolph. And I haven't right. gotten a chance to see what they did. But I was like, okay, I need to watch that. I need yeah, to watch that was. Happened. I was gonna say that was the flip side of it too. There was just it was like it was kind of half and half. It was weird. I was just watching it go down. I wasn't looking for that. Yeah, it was just what was in my feed. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, it was kind of half and half. But towards the end, or I should say later on, and you know the next day and such. Yeah, Tiffany Haddish actually had a more of a positive response than what I was oh, reading. Yeah. She's. Like I just a, wanted to ask you about it. She's like one of our homegirls that made it. Like it's yeah. someone you and I would kick it with, and we'd be like Tiffany. Tiffany, Tiffany, like that's that person. And she's like, she made, oh, she's got the Oscars. And that's how we would imagine her acting. Be like, yep, I would be excited too. Cause now she's going to be able to go home and be like, I met everybody. I didn't try to hold back and be like, I don't want to bug them. She bugged them and it looked like they really liked it. Like they were like, oh, this is fun. Like Meryl Streep really seemed like, oh, hey. Yeah, they got a lot of laughs, man. Yes, they, it seems Both her like and she's a person. Rudolph. Now, I, Maya Rudolph, uh, I loved her. Remember that movie with her and uh, Jim from The Office? No. John I Krasinski? I don't. It was so good. Um, It's called, his name is John Krasinski. Is it John Krasinski? Yeah. Am You're I talking about Jim name? from The Office. John, no, you said it correctly. John Krasinski. Okay. Him um, and uh, John Krasinski. And Maya Rudolph. They have a they have a movie called Is it Jingle All the Way? Away We Go. You gotta see Away We Go, dog. She's also in a movie called The Way Way Back with um, Sam Rockwell. That's an excellent movie. Yeah, it's really good. That's the thing about Maya is that she can actually play like she can be serious. You know what I mean? She can play a very dramatic role. Not that it was like a super dramatic role, but there was really no comedy in it. You know what I mean? It was lighthearted yes. and everything like that. But she, she's definitely someone that I think, and I'm going to talk about another person later on in the show that I think you're going to disagree with me on. But oh. she has she has that ability to, you know, go from her funny persona to into like a serious role and pull it off and kill it for that matter. I really like Maya Rudolph. I always have. You know who her mom is? Yeah, I do. How crazy is that? What is her name though? It's it's Minnie. No, Minnie Ripperton. Yeah. yeah, Minnie Ripperton. That's it. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> well done. That's actually really good. Um, how did Gary Oldman win? I don't know. I like Gary Oldman. That's the thing, and I think that he's the kind of guy. He's a chameleon. Always has been, and yes. he can play anything, you know. So, but then again, so can Daniel Day Lewis. Exactly. And he didn't win, so I I don't know. Darkest Hour was like one of those movies that I've been trying to watch and I just haven't watched it yet. So I can't really give you an opinion. I think Denzel, they did the Denzel to him. They gave him something for the course of of all the stuff he's done. And maybe he got robbed before. Like Denzel got robbed from Malcolm X. So they're like, let's just give it to him for training day. And maybe that's what happened this time. I don't know. But I haven't heard anyone being like, that is exactly who should have won. No one said that yet. And people who've seen the movie was like, The better Winston Churchill was um, dude in The Crown. Um, What's dude's name from Third Rock, from The Sun? John Lithgow. He was a good Churchill. Yeah, they said that was a better Churchill. And so I think they're maybe giving it to him for his body of work. You know how the Oscars do, G. They're giving it to him for the Oscars do. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of were like, even though he deserved it, 
giving Guillermo del Toro was a long time coming. There's a few movies he could have won. Pan's Labyrinth could have won. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, too. Uh-oh. Oh, wait, really? Good Is stuff, there? man. Yeah, don't, oh, don't I can't sp- wait. check the notes, but you don't, or you could just follow along. But it's going to be good. Check, I, well, no, it's all potentially good, actually. It could, it could actually amount to absolutely nothing oh i saw that and i read that article and it seemed like it amounted is like oh this is no sources this is just yeah, maybe it's kind of like it's like people spitballing but if that was yes. to happen that'd be cool we'll talk about it yeah. later sorry okay, we're just tickling anyway, asses with feathers right supporting now. supporting actor sam rockwell you uh, you're happy with this absolutely for sure okay. i am okay he totally and you thought, were happy too wasn't that your call I I was I'm happy about it. It's just it the 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 part didn't blow my mind, but I'm just like it's fine considering who he was up against. He totally deserved it. But I don't think that it was a mind blowing part for Sam Rockwell. I think Sam Rockwell did better in Moon. I think he was way better in Moon. I really like that character in this one. I think you it, did. I think he, he hit really the mark. Did. I think it's I think it stuck completely. I think that he absolutely deserved. He's great it. though. He's great. Sam Rockwell is unbeatable. Not unbeatable, but you know what I'm saying. When he's in something, I will watch it because it's Sam Rockwell. Um, I mean, the the dance he does when he's going on stage on Iron Man, it's unbeatable, dude. Yeah. I don't even know what he's doing. Some sort of James Brown thing. I'm like, what is this kid doing? I've always wondered if he had some kind of like training or if he's just one of those dudes that just naturally dances well and adds did, that to his it performance. It looked good, didn't it? Oh, he didn't can dance his ass off. Was... No, I've seen him dance in several movies. That dude can dance. You know, you know what the funny thing is? I, this is on a tangent. I couldn't believe that was Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. I was like, I is this cat pop-locking? Was he? I don't even remember that part. Remember when he pop like, okay, go to, go to, um, do me a favor, real quick, put Leonardo DiCaprio uh, pop-locking gif. Like, he's doing the dang thing. Like, he was raised around me or something. <laughs> Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Gee, he's gigging. Yeah, he's got moves. He's got moves. No, he's gigging, G. And apparently he's big. He was always a pop locker. And apparently he just, I mean, like, I was like, dang, dude is doing it. And I thought it was maybe a body double or something. But like, no, that dude can just dance. Like Leonardo DiCaprio can dance. Well, you know, bear in mind, I'm looking at a gif that's like two seconds long. Does he do a big thing? I just don't remember that part for some reason. No, if you look up the cliff on YouTube, he does like five seconds of a, like he's really like, you see how limber his body is when he's doing it. He does that like for five seconds. Yeah, he does look like he's like a noodle, huh? (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, oh, he knows how to like, and the thing is, you know, he's showing off because there's no reason to do that at a wedding scene. He's like, oh, no, I want to show cats that I can do the dang thing. I not only could be beaten up by bears, but I could pop lock. <laughs> do you think dude had some cardboard in his house? I'm almost sure of it, dog. I'm almost sure of it. There's Did no you? question. Uh, I didn't have cardboard cardboard in the house. We would get it outside and put it on yeah, the Yeah, yeah. But I meant you had your cardboard, though. Uh-huh. Right? I could I never do that, 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 that scissor thing. I could never do that because, like, my friends could do it. And once they got the momentum going... They could just have their legs all, oh, I don't know how you do that. You talking about like the egg roll or the windmill, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, that windmill thing they're doing. I was like, how are y'all doing that? And they couldn't explain it. They're like, I don't know. We just are doing it. But man, they What about you, Bucks? Johnny Bucks said he used to do that shit. I wonder if Johnny used to know how to do that. And if you did, I don't believe you until I see some footage. That's all I'm saying. 
and I'll even give you the beat. Like the 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 if you if you I will go out to UK put my my you know my beatboxing skills to 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 uh, use. If you could, if I could just throw out a cardboard and see you do your thing, and you got to do the little premiere dance, like the preview dance, where you're just kind of walking back and forth before you do it, then I know you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we all did that. I don't know why we did that, like the the before dance thing, where you just kind of like get ready. <laughs> Man, I really wanted to be good at it. You know what I mean? I was okay, but I was never great. Can you dance, Dan? I have rhythm. Okay, that's a big thing. That's but a big I, thing. No, I'd really, you know, I'm not clapping on the one and three and shit like that. But I I, I would, <laughs> what's that line? It's a, it's a Will Smith line. I think it was from Hitch. Or, oh, where you just stay in your little box? Stay in your lane. That's my shit right there, boy. At the, yep, that's me. I don't, I don't so try wait, to showboat anymore. You won't, like, if you won't go out there and, like, really, like, where the people where you're just like, all right, back up, clear the room, clear the circle. Like, you're not going to be that guy. That Christmas party guy? <laughs> yes, where you just like clear the circle and you I just have been the Christmas it. party guy. I would be lying to you if I said that I have not been the Christmas party guy. Oh, then I got to see you do like a, like we'll put on your favorite song and just get out there and gig. I was also 20 years younger though, man. I don't know if I could do that shit Ooh, anymore. Oh, you're back jumping off of trucks and such. I'm old now, Steve. <laughs> I've got lumbago. <laughs> well, once you guys have your 25 year anniversary and there's a big party, I'm grooving, G. I should do something, man. You know what? I was planning on making the 20th something dope, and it just didn't happen because of work. I was planning on going to uh, Hawaii. But yeah, you're right. You know what? I'm sorry. Now I'm on the tangent, but I got to get my shit together this year. This is 21st. This is my 21st year of marriage coming up in July. June. Hey, black, oh, shit. Almost said the wrong year. one. That's my blackjack year. Yeah. I don't even know what that means, but it is. 21. 21. I know. I know 21. Well, that's. I just created that. I think people oh, start gotcha. using that. Okay, I was just smiling and nodding at you, like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and like twenty-two would be the. Oh, what would that? The be? Deuce Double Deuce. Or... That's a Deuce Deuce. Deuce Deuce. That's the Deuce Deuce year. Happy Deuce Deuce, baby. That's your what I'm Jordan telling. year. That's your Jordan year. Is the twenty-third. Twenty-four. What would that be? We're gonna be like, I wish I could do like audio <laughs> sub audio subtitles. Fifteen minutes later, hey, what would the fifty-sixth year be? That'd be like, I know. Um, what would, would be like thirty though? No. <laughs> but uh okay we're gonna get back on track but i know back to the oscars back to the thing um now this one i was really jazzed on allison janney winning we both said she deserves this yeah and there was no question in my mind she was gonna win like i said i would have been pissed otherwise because that would have been straight up robbery there was no she like destroyed the competition they all did great so in their good. own right but she nailed it there was no way that she wasn't gonna win did you ever watch west wing I have seen bits and pieces, not enough to really wax about it. It's good. It was really good, and she was good in it. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything where she was bad. Hmm. It's kind of surprising that she's, you know, like this is the first one she's ever won. I wonder if that's going to change. Do you think now it's going to be like next year it'll be like best actress as opposed to best supporting actress? You think she's going to get it? Eventually. Maybe not next year, but I think maybe. Hmm. Well, she's definitely she's definitely capable. There's no question she can get that. She's uh, got the chops too. Let's just say no question. If you put her in a lead role, she will then be nominated for lead actress if you give her the right role. Like if you give Allison Janney the right role, she's eating. She's gonna eat that film alive, for sure. You know what I'm saying? She did so well in I Tanya, and that's a movie that. That nothing else got. She owns. That's the only nomination they got, right? Yeah, I think so. No, and she she got. Would they get makeup or something? I think Margot Robbie had a nomination. Did she really? 
Robbie, Roby, still don't know. Uh, yeah, she did. Oh, there might have well, been a couple she, other ones too. I knew, yeah. Well, she was up against, uh, she was up against um, McDormand. She didn't. There was no way that was going to happen. No, she was that. That I Tanya unfortunately went up against giants. Massive. And it just, it just didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, director being Guillermo del Toro, that is a. We both wanted him. Either Jordan Peele or Guillermo. You went Guillermo, I went Jordan. Um, when he won, I'm just like, oh, that's so... At least they gave it to him. At it least ma- they gave it to him, dude. It made me really happy when... I just really think that, you know... Hey, listen, good for Jordan Peele, man. He was excellent. You know, like his his uh, his writing skill, his, mm-hmm. his everything was excellent. Mm-hmm. But he's also just coming onto the scene... She, he has, as he a is. director you know what I'm saying yeah. so like I, I think that honestly it would have been awesome if he won but I think that Guillermo truly deserves it he's put in more time you know he's just been he's been around more man I, and I think he's done was, look he's done some of my favorite movies like Blade Blade 2 he did I love hell, Blade I, I even like the first Pacific Rim I like Pan's I love Labyrinth Pacific Rim. and the dope thing that he said I didn't do Pacific Rim 2 only to do Shape of Water he just produced Pacific Rim 2 I just think this dude has a vision like no other right now. Oh, um, there's no question. You know, love love him or hate him. I put him up there with like, I, I mean necessarily, not necessarily quality, Steve, but more like styling of like, say somebody like um, Tim Burton. They're nothing alike, but you know Tim Burton when you see Tim Burton. No like when, question. You know I what mean, I'm saying? You know Guillermo pr- del Toro's movies oh, when you no see him. Oh, no question. I mean, the thing is, his use of practical effects, the fact that he used people blinking those eyes on, you could see it. You're like, that looks real because he used people to do that. He doesn't like that CGI jazz. No, he's big he on like, practical effects. And and um, I mean, and first of all, we have to give um, all the props to uh, my boy. Hold on. I'm sorry. Um, shoot. Uh, what's his name? Shoot. What is his name? He's in all of Guillermo del Toro's movies, and he does all of the uh, practical. Is, he's is the it one Doug Jones? Doug Jones. We need to give pro. Okay, and I get it. I get it. You know, my boy. Um, I'm missing everybody's name. It's too late. Uh, my boy. I know we're off, huh? Sorry about Andy that, Andy Circus. Mo, dude, Andy Circus. More power to him. He's doing a lot of dots on his body, and doing some amazing things with said dots. But Doug Jones is in a, in a costume making you believe that things... I mean, from Pans. I think, wasn't he the tree and the thing with all the eyes? I believe so. He was also... Do you, I'm going old school. Do you remember in a McDonald's commercial where it was like, get Mac tonight? He was, he was the like moon? A, he was the moon, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And he was also, you know, in Hellboy, of course, as uh, of course. Abe. Can you look up in Pan's Labyrinth if he was both the tree and the eye guy? My my son freaks out with that eye guy. He does, that's why he won't watch the movie. <laughs> he thinks it's a very creepy looking looking thing, and I'm like, I can see that. I can understand why someone would say, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, 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 no. Says he is his credits are Fano and Pale mm-hmm. Man. So yes, he that's did it. a dual role. The dude brings things to life, and that's why uh, Guillermo's sticking with him. He knows he's one of those people where he could say they're probably so close that Guillermo could be like, hey, can you do that thing with the thing and the color on the thing? And Doug Jones knows. Oh, I got know it. what he's. Tra- yep. <laughs> oh, that got it. it. OK, is he going to be nominated? It, OK, if they get 
If they give it to Andy Serkis first, what do you think? Okay, first I'm going to ask you a question, then I'll, I'll oh, answer yours. Yeah, okay? for sure. So, yeah. do you you kind of have a thing against him, huh? You don't like Andy Serkis. I like Andy Serkis. I do. Or you feel I he's th- like overrated or something? Yes. Like that. See, I disagree. You know why I say that? Because yes, they did put a lot of dots on him, but he he became Caesar in Planet of the Apes. You know what I mean? He was. You haven't. I don't think you've seen this yet. I don't suppose you've watched uh, Last Jedi yet. You know he he does General Snoke, man, and there is something about that character that's just so sick to me. He did not get enough time in this movie. Oops, spoilers. But um, it's he's just got he's got great character base. You know what I mean? He's able to produce some pretty. Pretty sick characters. So yeah, I think that he totally deserves an Oscar at some point. Okay, here, here's what I'm hearing. Here's my here's the equivalent. Man, I'm gonna be mean. Um, for Andy Circus, here's the thing. It's the equivalent of someone coming in with a decent voice and they're like, Happy birthday to you. And the engineer comes in and turns that into a Whitney Houston level vo- vocal, and they're just like, But did you hear how he enunciated happy birthday though? I mean, yeah, the engineer turned it into this amazing thing, but whoa, the enunciation. He said, happy, paused a little bit, to the birthday. Come on, G. Mm, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, dude. I really respect that. I need dots on me just to see. Do you think, okay, let me ask you this. Go. You put the dots on you. And you get the dots on circus. And let's be, let's be fair. We'll give you two months to train. I'm killing him. You think you're gonna kill him? I'm not gonna kill him. But if I'm if I'm like a thing up on screen, they wouldn't say that thing up there looks like it's garbage compared to the thing next to him. No, I wouldn't stand out as one of the apes on the screen. They wouldn't be like, you know, that ape third from the right doesn't look trained. Nope. <laughs> I'm gonna fit right in, dog. Well, I think anyone could fit right in. But Bingo! The delivery you what get. you but just you could, said you could, is I, true. No offense to you. Maybe I'm wrong. I've never seen you do any kind of dramatic role. But I don't think you could pull off Caesar in comparison oh. to Andy Serkis. But I don't think you could diff- do a golem. Here's the difference, though. If I did and if I got into the suit that Doug Jones is in, I would stand out as in they'd be like, okay, that dude is doing some weird thing. I couldn't do a tree like Doug Jones. Hey, man, nobody does a tree like Doug Jones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that should be I, his, his, that should I be his catchphrase. I could turn into... Okay, think about it. What does Andy... Andy Serkis have done? If he's done Snoke. He's done Caesar. He's done... Gollum. Gollum. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And... He's also done live action roles, too. It's not uh-huh. all about the dots. Now, what Doug Jones has you done... You didn't like him in Black Panther, either. He was okay. Oh, I thought you told me you weren't... You didn't no, care for his okay. role. No, he was okay. But... He, Okay, now, this being the case, that he's done these roles behind the dots, okay? And then Mm -hmm. someone else transforms those dots into a thing. Doug Jones doesn't have someone that can add to his performance. He just has to perform and hope that what he's doing in that suit translates into what you're seeing. There is no, don't triple get it in post. There's don't trip, we'll get it in post in what Circus does. There is no don't trip, we'll get it in post in what Doug Jones does. Well, I mean, you know, I'll give you that. He's got, he's more of a physical actor. But the thing is with those dots, man, I mean, that is his body moving. All they're doing is putting a skin on it. But do we know that? 
Yeah, I think it's How? been proven. I think it's we been don't proven know that it's everything that he's doing is tra- if they don't add something to it. They have to add facial expressions well, of because course his they face. Have to add facial expressions, but exactly. they go off of his facial expression. True, that's but why who, he has all the dots on his face. Who is more likely to be able to do the other's job? Could Circus do what Doug Jones does, or could Doug Jones do what Circus does? I guess I'd have to see it. I think that oh, they're it, both good in their own rights, but you know, it just but that's the thing. It's like Andy Circus is Andy Circus, and Doug Jones is Doug Jones. Two different I characters, know. two different people. True. I don't even know but, if it really. I don't even know if, know if that even. Like, is that even an argument? You know what I yeah, mean? Like, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. I think I you think got something sh- against Andy Serkis, bro. I don't know I what don't, it is. I don't get, have anything against him. I just think that... You're like an Eagle Montoya <laughs> with Andy Serkis. <laughs> no. People are putting too much on it, is all I'm saying. Like, they're putting a lot on it, dog. Like, they're... I Maybe I I'm drinking the, the Kool-Aid, dude. I, I think he... I totally think that man deserves to get some kind of merit award eventually. Oh, I I believe that too. I'm just saying, remember, it started as a, if he gets it before Doug Jones. That's all. You know, I will say though, that Doug Jones as Abe Sapien, like I loved his character. He was a great character. So he's got the acting chops too. I, and I guess in my head, I was kind of thinking like, you know, um, I see him in more silent roles, but I'm completely forgetting that he was he did the acting for Abe Sapien. Which is, but same with um, Caesar. He did silent roles. He didn't really talk. Wait, I'm talking about Doug Jones. You're talking about uh, Andy Serkis. Yeah, I'm saying they both did silent roles. Roles. Caesar talked quite a bit. Not so much. I know, in the but first it one. wasn't him talking, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Is that his voice? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yes. That's what I was saying. Like he brought Caesar to life. Not so much in just dots. But that's that's oh, him. Man. I was giving Circus props because I was like, no, Circus does do silent stuff. Because I was saying that Doug Jones has to be silent and communicate through facial expressions. And I was like, yeah, they both do that, though. And I'm like, wait a minute. Circus does get to talk, I guess. I didn't know that. Yeah, and he was also the voice of Gollum. Well, then go. Then freaking Doug Jones has to do stuff without talking. Abe Sapien, that voice is from Frasier, dude. No, I don't think so. It totally is. I'm looking Wait, that one up. Look that up because I think I think he might have been cut out because it in the beginning it was dude from Fra. No, it was dude from Frasier. As it, Abe Sapien? Yeah, his voice was dude from Frasier because he didn't show up to a premiere because he said Doug Jones did most of the work and he wasn't going to take his shine. You know what it is? I was never a Frasier guy, and so I was never a David Hyde Pierce guy. So it, I just yeah, I know who he is. I can see his face the moment you say it. I just. It doesn't really, you know. And I thought he was in the costume because they're both slender people. So I was like, oh, this makes sense. But um, for and I love the fact that he said, don't give me credit, because when he saw the movie, he said, I didn't do that. That's all. That's Doug Jones. Don't even give me credit for this. And that's dope, man. You got to give him props for all that. But again, it was something that he had to do and bring to life without using his voice. Oh, he's got that on point. I mean, obviously, he said he said nothing. He didn't say word one in Shape of Water. And but it was my favorite what? movie of it last year. It was great. And here's what I will say. If they do a movie together, which I wouldn't be surprised if one day it happens, I think that would be a groundbreaking thing. It seems there, like it should, huh? Like It should, but it'd have to be Guillermo del Toro. I would want him to go to Guillermo's world. I wouldn't want Doug Jones to go to like J.J. Abrams or someone else's world. 
I'd want Circus to get into um, Guillermo's world. If Guillermo's comfortable with those dots. He may not be. I didn't think about that. You don't think he'd be digging the CGI thing? No, he does. I mean, he does CGI, obviously. He's 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 used it for Pacific Rim. Yes. It may not yes. be that same technology, but he's obviously not opposed to, you know, CG. So, yeah, maybe he will. He might. Possible. But I don't think he'd want to do the whole character. I think he'd want him to be in costume at a certain point. Like, let's make you this person. Instead of Gollum, let me put you in a Gollum-like costume and make you do this thing. They need to get Doug Jones involved in the DC universe and stop fucking around with all these bad CG characters. He would have been know? great as, um, what's his name? Uh, the dude with the jewel in his forehead. I'm missing everything. The Vision? I think he would have been great Are you talking Vision. about in Avengers? Yes. Yeah, he would have been great he, as him. I could see that. See that. But I just mean, you know, like, so take Steppenwolf, for instance, in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. That was just booty CGI. I know you love, was, did I say Steppenwolf? I said Wonder Woman, didn't I? I'm sorry, I meant Justice League. Um, that was whack, dude. That just looked that terrible. That was garb bar, Terrible. Bar. But it was a good character. I think the character was so good, though. I think the character idea overshadowed how bad the CGI was. Because I'm like, he is a scary person. Like, I would walk up to him and think, you know what? He might be able to get a few shots on your boy. He might be able to get me. Because, you know, I think not that many they people can, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they could have pulled off Steppenwolf well I think if they just used I don't know what it was no offense to the voice actor or anything like that it just didn't work for me I don't know it was I thought it was pretty bad I, I know you love on, that movie I thought the I thought the name I'm sure it's from the from the actual book I'm, I get it but I just think of a group a rock group whenever he they kept on saying his name I was like oh yeah isn't that a group Hey guys, at some point, at some point, ladies and gentlemen, we will get to the actual show. We're still talking I'm sorry. About the okay, Oscars. here we go. No, it's just as bad. I'm just as bad. We're like off on tangents today, but that's okay. It's all right. No, but here's the thing. This this brings us to our my my favorite award of the night. I'm not gonna lie. My favorite award of the night was Jordan Peele winning Best Original Screenplay, dude. It was awesome. I didn't think it was gonna happen until Twitter went crazy, and I was like, oh my. God, because when I saw his name trending, I was like, this could be a thing of people saying he got robbed. I mean, it was a very original screenplay. I mean, the fact, what did he say? He kept on, he, he's been writing it for like seven years at that time. And he kept on saying, no one's going to make this movie. But freaking daggone crazy looking, um, uh, what you call it? Uh, what's their names? Dude, we're missing everything. <laughs> what is the name Don't of that? me um, in your nonsense. No, what's the name of that 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 uh company? What are you talking about? That did the movie Get Out. Gives people five million dollars. Oh, Blumhouse. Crazy looking Blumhouse. They <laughs> took a looking. big. But then again, you know they're they do the smart thing where they're just gonna invest five million dollars in a bunch of movies. A few of them are gonna be hits. I mean, they got Get Out, and I think in that same year they had ha- uh, Happy Death Day. And that same year they had something else. Because uh, no, they're, they're gonna coming keep on, up. Yeah, they're going to keep on making money off of uh, paranormal activity. They're probably going to make paranormal activities for the rest of their lives. Like the, for the life of the company, they're just going to keep on being like, hey, people keep watching them. We'll keep making them. Did you but, watch those? I got to admit, I watched every single one of them. I don't. I think they're they're not scary enough. I don't think anything's scary enough, but I watch every single one of them. I think you do think things are scary enough. I've said Ex- it before. Because you said The Exorcist you didn't dig. No, no, no. I said that's the one that I think is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Oh. 
Yeah, no, I think that, not, matter of fact, that's my benchmark. I don't think, for me, personally, I've ever seen a movie scarier than oh, The Exorcist. Yeah, and now, now it's like a different kind of a scary, though. You know what I mean? It's just like bothersome in a weird way. It is a uh, weird, knowing how old she is, it bothers me. Like, yeah, I'm it's, like, bo- why it's a really bothersome actress do this. Yeah, there are just some like seriously disturbing scenes in that movie, yeah. which make it that creepy, you know? Bothersome, yeah. Like the walking backwards down the stairs, I'm like, whoever came up with that visual is pretty ill. Like, that's an ill shot. <laughs> that whole like, movie just disturbed me, dude, for years. Yeah, I mean, people thought it was real for a long time. I never went that far. It just disturbed me for years. I think I told the story on here one time, but my uncle took me to see that movie when I was like, they snuck, they, they kind of snuck out of the house with me because they were supposed to babysit me and they weren't going to to go see that movie, but they took me to see the movie. They got in trouble for it, but I was just a kid when I saw that and it freaked me out, man. I didn't watch that movie again until I was like 18 years old. And did it still scare you? No, no. But I, but like I said, it was just bothersome at that point and I still appreciated it. And it's still creepy. Demonic possession is a creepy thing and in movies to me. That's one of my, that's, those are the ones that I tend to think like, oh, okay, this, this one might get me. They never do, <laughs> but I'm always given those ones versus like say, shot. yeah, versus like, um, although you know what, not necessarily this movie, but the concept of things like the, uh, the strangers, like when yes. real shit goes down, yeah, 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 yeah. when you're secluded and trapped and you have like just strange people, you know, submerging on you for reasons you don't know why and you're trapped, that shit's really like anxiety. When it's real, I think that's why Get Out was so terrifying because these are just real people doing this thing. This is a thing that is happening with real people. And, and it was like, and we all like, I know people like that talk like that. I know those, that liberal family. I know them. I know a few of them. (laughs) And the dad made, in that movie. He made sure to make it so that, oh no, you're surrounded by this person you're you're watching. It's not a, uh, but I don't know really. No, you know, you know. Yeah, I've had I've had people grow, grab my arm and be like, oh, so strong and sturdy. That whole thing happens. I bet you run fast, don't you? You run fast. Yep. Stuff like that. You're like, Look oh, I'm, you, a, I'm a musician. Well, that makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah, you probably knocked the crap out of those keys, don't you? You strong, sturdy, young. I bet you could pick the hell out of some cotton, couldn't you? Just pick them by the lot. <laughs> we like, jeez. You went from, I'm sorry. <laughs> you went from playing piano to picking cotton. <laughs> There's no fucking middle. There's no middle ground. <laughs> you either play piano or you fucking pick cotton. Oh, you're too much, Hudson. You are too much, bro. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it, I think it was well deserved, and I'm glad he won. I think he's in shock. Like he, yeah, was I would like, agree with you. What did you did you see what he said in the the, the press afterwards? I didn't. When he walked into the press, and he said he looked around, he's like, "Hey, am I about to be auctioned?" <laughs> <laughs> That's too much, man. That is so funny. He just looked around and was like, oh, crap. Am I about to be auctioned? <laughs> it was so fun. But yes, those were the Oscars. What are, I mean, people said uh, it had the lowest ratings and a lot of folks said it was super boring. But for those who just watched bits and pieces and just watched who you wanted to win, it was just like any other Oscars. Well, like, you know what? To me, honestly, I, I felt the opposite because I don't normally watch the Oscars. And being that we have this show now, I mean, I watched the Oscars, but not to the point where like, you know, and it's not like we really had anything at stake. 
But we were talking about this. We were making predictions. Of course, I wanted to watch it. So I think I was more so invested in this one. And because there was movies that we've been talking about on the show, I was personally more invested in this Oscars than, than shit, any of them, I think. Doesn't necessarily make it a great Oscars ceremony, but I enjoyed it just because of what we had just been talking about it. And of course, true. I'm writing all this stuff down, you know? Very true. I mean, yes. I mean, it's first of all, Guillermo del Toro, Franz McDormand, Alan Zanjani, Jordan Peele, uh, Sam Rockwell, everybody, congratulations. Applause to you. You guys are, you guys got it and you're well deserved, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all really deserved what you got. Great job. You made our movie going experiences that much better. It's not a bunch of garbage movies, and for that, it's much appreciated. And can't wait to see what y'all come up with next. Really cannot wait. Good job. I don't even need to add anything to that. That was perfectly said, Steve. Good job. All right. So next You sound like gonna, a host. You, I try to. We're going to go to... Dan's had a busy week, but like I say every week, somehow he finds time to watch a plethora of movies. So, Dan, what have you been watching? You know, honestly, I didn't get to watch everything that I wanted to this week. I'm saving some for next week, but I will let you know, you good people know exactly what I watched this week, and I'm about to break it down. Um, I have a feeling that you're going to be a little surprised at one of my opinions here. Maybe you won't. We'll see. Okay. So the first thing up, Steve, that I watched, I've been watching a lot of Netflix, and uh, because it's been a big Netflix week, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is not new. Uh, Jessica Jones just came out. I watched a little bit of that. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But I watched a, a show that's been on for a while. It's 90s based, guys. And it is called Everything Sucks. And I believe that you did get to catch a little bit of that, right? I did. I watched the first episode. So Everything Sucks is actually a really entertaining show. I will say that when I first watched the... See, I'm curious what you think. Because when I watched the first episode, I was like, eh, this is cool. You know, I, I get it. Um, it seemed to me that they were very much wanting you to know it was the 90s. You know, like they were they, yes. like they're like, in case you didn't know, let me throw one more 90s reference yep. at you. Holy shnikes. Dude. Yeah, that was one. Holy shnikes. Or, you know, the damn, damn Gina. Gina. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Um, yes. You know, but we again, said that we said that, though. It's true. It's true. No, I feel it's, like they were yeah. everything that they said was like on point. But it was like, hey, how about we squeeze all of these into one show? Mm-hmm. That way, you know for sure, in case you had any doubt in your mind, that it is 19, 1990s Oregon. You know what I mean? So I didn't really give the first one like my full opinion. I'm like, okay, I kind of see what they're doing here. Let's move on. And I'm actually glad I did. It was a really good show. Uh, it's based on, well, here, I'll just give you the little breakdown. In 1990s Oregon, members of a high school AV club clash with a drama club. That's really it. And if you were just to take it at that, you really would not, you would be missing a lot that's going on with this show. It turns out that after, I believe there's 10 episodes and I blasted through them over the course of like a week and a half, just because I was sort of just jumping in when I could. But over the course of 10 episodes, a whole lot goes down and it really, it starts talking about things and I won't do any spoilers on this one, but you could look at it one of two ways. You could look at this as just a show that's like a little more of a down and dirty Degrassi high based in the 90s, that kind of a thing. Or you can kind of look through that and see if there's actually real shit going on. There has a lot to do with, you know, there's there's things to do with uh, interracial relationships. There has to do with homosexuality, um, just family life, you know, um, absentee parents. All of this is there and how it all affects the individual that's going through these things, you know, uh, being in the closet. All these kind of things are in this here, and but it's all kind of masked around or shaped into a comedy, and it's a very well written comedy. Uh, the kids in this are, and I assume they're all kids. They all seem, I think, probably the oldest one's got to be at least like maybe maybe twenty, maybe twenty. We'll say, um, 
But there's some great acting in this here. There's a kid by the name of Jahi Diallo Winston who plays Luke O'Neill. He's this, basically the star of the show. This kid is great, and he won me over. He's a very, like, like the emotions this kid displays in the show are pretty impressive, you know what I mean? And he's just a great actor. I can't wait to see more from this guy. His love interest in this is named Kate Messner, played by a... I think she's like 14, 15 years old. Her name's Peyton Kennedy. And she's great. She seemed very dry at first. And I was still kind of like, ah, she's sort of like my least favorite character. But as time goes on, you see what she's about. There's a lot going on with her. And I ended up enjoying her character quite a bit. There's a kid in this show, man. Uh, It's his buddy, Tyler. He's the one with the curly hair, played by Quinn Labeling, his name is. This kid, to me, looks like a young Nick Kroll. And it's it. I, I said that the first time I saw him and it never changed the entire time. He makes faces like you could see what Nick Kroll looked like as a kid by watching this kid. There's another person by the name of Rio Mangini and he plays a, the one of the other, he like rounds out the trio of nerds in this one. His name's McQuaid. And he even grew on me. At first it was like, oh, you are just overacting. His eyes are really wide. His hair's all greasy. And it's just like, it's almost like a character of a person. You know what I mean? And as time goes on, you start to warm up to McQuaid and he actually wins me over in this. There's a dual leverage just going on in this here, and uh, the was it dual, or maybe it's three. Maybe she, this basically she's the hot one in this. Her her name's Sydney Sweeney. That's the actress name. She uh, plays a character by the name of Emmeline, and she's kind of like your your standard mean girl in high school. You know how like they have that cookie cutter mean girl for every like high school movie. She uh, starts of off that way. She, yeah, she starts off that way, but she's actually pretty good, man. I really liked her in this, and she ends up taking a story arc that it all just kind of comes together on this man. Uh, I could just sit there and name everybody off, but what I'm trying to tell you, good folks, is that this is a show worth watching. It's a short watch; they're only about 28 minutes a piece, and you can just, if you have the time, crank it out. I really could have watched the whole thing all in one sitting, but you know, I do. I am married. <laughs> I probably should pay some attention to the family or every now and then, you know. So I can't do that. So I just space it out. But it's really good. I give it a. I would seriously like highly rate this. I think you guys should check it. And I don't think you'll be disappointed in this. The show that I am referring to, ladies and gentlemen, again, is called Everything Sucks. You can find it on Netflix. Steve, what were your thoughts on the first episode? I Exactly what you thought. I thought it was fine. I was like, okay, it's good. I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing that you're going to be like, I have got to watch the next episode. But you're saying that that's how it is in the beginning. That's how it's supposed to be. I mean, because this is my, the, it's, it's set in the year I graduated high school. So this is my high school year. Um. So I was like, oh, yeah, I remember all of that. I remember all those things. But, um, yeah, it was just like, okay, it was fun. Like, before you could even really get into it, the credits roll. You're like, oh, okay. It's setting up. Now, the person that really got my attention was the principal. Yeah, he's great, man. He's the one that, like, uh, I was like, yeah, part of me was that guy for many years after high school. I was that dude. Like, um, can we not be, can we be, uh, friends? How about coworkers? I'm like, Oh, I've, Ooh, when I was in my nerd years, Oh my goodness. That was a normal thing. You Were know you an awkward man? young man? I wasn't awkward until I started <laughs> playing music. I was a bully until music hit me. You were a bully. I was in LA. I was a bully. Well, you said you kind of had to get down that way just for self-preservation though. Right? Of course. And, but then when I got into music, I was always in the music lab and like life passed me by. And so when I came out of the music room, you know, you kind of you do a time lapse of me in the music room <laughs> and life passing by. And when I came out, I was like, oh, OK, well, I guess I have my suspenders and my my little jeans. You're sitting in a chair playing music and there's like seasons changing around. Yes, you and- <laughs> exactly. And I was just always in there. And it's funny. One of my friends from uh, high school, we still talk. And she was like, 
I remember you always being in that music room, you know, always in there. I was like, yeah, well, you know, now I play and make a little money from it. She's like, yeah, so I guess it was a good investment. Those hours invested ended up being good for you while we were all freaking, you know, it it was a boarding school. So, you know, while they were at the beach, we had a private beach, so they would be at the beach. I'd be in my uh, the music room playing. Fun. And that's some hard shit. You came up hard, Steve. And, you know, I, everyone <laughs> has playing. a private beach. I'm just too. playing. Everyone does. I think that's a normal thing. <laughs> I know I did. I had like four of them. I don't like to brag, you know. In a, it's funny because now when people say, oh, Pismo is so beautiful, having grown up a lot there, it's like, you know, I got to remember, last time I went there, I had to, I said I sat out on the beach at Avila and I was like, you know what? It is pretty out here. I forgot because I just saw it so much that you just forget that not everyone gets to see that. I was like, I really grew up well. Like I got to see that every weekend. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common thing. People not really appreciating their surroundings. You know, the grass exactly. is always greener kind of thing. And it's cool that you went back to it and you did appreciate it. I did. And and I have to, um, you know, I have to go out there more just to uh, actually, you know, my favorite city in California is Solvang. So I, I'm often, you know, driving through there anyway. Do you really so. go there a lot, man? I mean, I have to like send some money with you the next time you're there. Get me some candy. They got I know you should just there. you and uh, Gail should just come. OK, yeah, that hit the, the road. Most sense. Yeah, it's literally an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes. It's not much of a road trip. We'd be like road trip. And here we are. Like, it's going to be a fairly quick road trip, but I think it's good to, like, get, you know, you get some used books, you get some uh, fresh cinnamon rolls, and you kind of walk around. It's just a fun, it's like a getaway. It's literally, it feels like you just walked into a Danish, you've been there. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah, Swedish, I isn't it? it? Is it Swedish or Danish? Swedish. I don't remember. It's, no, it's Danish. I think it's Danish. I don't really, I would trust you. Either way. I've been there. Was, I've been there one time. Fantastic. I love, because it just seems like I walked away from life for a second. Like I'm in a brand new place and it's a fun. Now I see why like Michael Jackson used to just walk through there and not get bothered because you're in a brand new world. It's not a normal world anymore. You're in a new place and I just love it out there. You know, you know, actually, I think I went a couple times. We went to the San to uh, Santa Barbara and we were from oh, like San yeah. Luis Obispo area. Yep. yep. And I don't, can't remember. Is it 101 or is it one? I can't remember, but it was a beautiful stretch of highway. Oh, yeah, dude. And uh, yeah, it's totally worth the drive. So oh, Cali- for sure. if you're not a Californian, you need to hit this little stretch of road and check it out. It's beautiful the coastline. You love it. Oh, you love yeah, it. For sure. Tell them and, Dan sent you. And everything sucks was right in that little air is right in that time frame for me. So when they're saying all these things, it's bringing me back. But again, it's like, okay, what else? And another thing that got me was the whole, there is a, a relationship about to spawn, but then they kind of throw you a curveball. And you're like, wait a minute. Is this going to happen? Because it doesn't seem like. So that's you're going to have wa- to stay tuned. Yeah, that's the reason definitely... I wanted to uh, watch the rest. Because I was like, wait a minute. Maybe she- since you're aware of what I'm talking about, and obviously the people that have seen it know what I'm talking about, personally, I feel like they they handle that very well. Okay. And it makes the the female character even more likable. Uh, there was something about her. She was just like super dry. She looks like she's four years old, right? <laughs> the character, she looks like a very tall four-year-old, basically. She's got this very youthful, like a childlike face. I mean, she is 14, but you get what I'm saying. Um, but she was just very, like she was the 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 model for insecurity to me. And the way that she comes up 
later on this. It's it's very um, it's kind of heartwarming. You know what I mean? It's it's good because these things should be happening in, in life. And I'll, I'm going to leave it at that because I don't really want to give any spoilers. Okay. So that's everything sucks on Netflix now. Yes, uh, that show does not suck though, guys. Everything yes. sucks except for that show. Except for that show. Yeah. Um, it's a good show. It's not going to change your life, but I do think that you will enjoy it. Nice. Watch how many shows? How many apps? How many apps before you start enjoying it? Like how many apps would you say watch it and if by then you don't like it, just stop? Yeah, like if you're not feeling it by like the third or fourth one, bail out. Okay. But it does get better. It's not going to be for everybody, but I found it quite watchable. I liked it a lot. Enough to recommend it on the show. Nice. Um, what else you got, brother? So, let's see. I think oh, I'm going to stay with my favorite. <laughs> you can you always know. You uh-huh. always know. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not going to get. I'm not going there yet. Actually, you're going in order of the notes. I'm not going there just yet. <laughs> no, uh, I smell I mean, what's happening here. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I got an opinion on this, but I'll, okay, I'll get. To, you know what? Fuck it. Why? Why tickle? So the next one up is something that I actually went to the theater. I was supposed to go to the theater three times this weekend. And I failed. And it was kind of, <laughs> I got to be honest with you, this, what I went and saw kind of bummed me out to see the next one. It was just, it, I was very, uh, I guess you could say I was disappointed in this movie. But I also think that this movie wasn't made for me. The movie that I'm talking about is A Wrinkle in Time, Steve. I did get mm, to see The Wrinkle mm-hmm. in Time. I also wanted to see Gringo this weekend. I wanted to see Thoroughbreds this weekend. And I didn't get a chance to see either of those. So that's going to okay. be on episode 20. But let's okay. talk a little bit of Wrinkle in Time. After the appearance of her scientist father, three peculiar beings send Meg and her brother and her friend to space in order to find him. You've seen, you've all seen the previous, you can't escape Disney. So I know most of you have seen the previews for this movie. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw the previews for this movie, I was thinking, I don't think this one's going to be for me. But my wife really wanted to see it. And of course, I wanted to make her happy. I wanted to check it out. And of course, I wanted to talk about it on the show. So I went in with an open mind. I will tell you this, A Wrinkle in Time... More like a stinkle in time, Steve. And Whoa! here I go. Here I go. Directed Whoa. by Ava DuVernay. No, I'm just kidding. It's directed oh. by Ava DuVernay. Um, listen, there's an audience for this movie, okay? Um, I'm not that audience, in my opinion. I was in there with a pretty diverse crowd. And when I say diverse, I mean, you know. Kids, all, uh, girls. Kids, adults, you know, different races. Everything was just in this movie. And when, you know how like you can kind of get a read on a movie when the, yes. when the lights go on? Yes. Everyone just kind of went out like, Huh, okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I will say this movie is it's it's a it's a beautiful movie. There's lots of color and there's some really great uh scenes that are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh the acting is fine. Uh the kids that are in this movie are they're fine. There's this one kid, uh Storm Reed plays Meg and um She's adorable. She is. She really is an adorable kid. Uh her I don't know if he's a love interest, but her her partner in this movie is a kid named Calvin played by Levi Miller. And then there's this kid named Charles Wallace. Now, first of all, I just want to say I can't stand when people just go by two names like that. It drives me nuts because you just hear Charles Wallace, <laughs> Charles Wallace, Charles yeah. Wallace, the whole yeah. fucking movie. And it, it did make me a bit nuts. But this kid named Derek McCabe that plays him, he's a little guy. I would say he's probably like six, seven years old or maybe he just looks that young. You know what I mean? But he was pretty solid for the script that they gave him. I thought the script was a little bit weak. Um, okay. It's got some, you know, the, I mean, the people that are in this movie, there's some chops. You got Oprah. Now, I fucking love Oprah as an actress, man. The Color Purple is one of my favorite movies, and she killed it in that movie. I've never uh, seen that re- movie. You've never seen The Color Purple. Well, nah. we got we to gotta get, get you educated on that one, dude. It's a good I think movie. I've I really heard like enough it. quotes that I kind of know it. I love it. I And I okay. like her character. She's Fair. like, I love Harpo. Yeah. Lord <laughs> knows I do. You know, she's great. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. We both love Reese. She's killing it on uh, Big Little Lies. She's great. 
and Mindy Carolyn, I've always liked her a lot too. And Chris Pine, of course, can't go wrong. Zach Galifian, <clears throat> excuse me, Zach Galifianakis, and a surprise appearance by Michael Pena was in this movie. I didn't oh, expect him to be in this one. Okay. Yeah, very an interesting character, a very brief character. But they had enough people to make this an excellent movie. I'm not saying it's bad, but I what I am saying is I think that the people that are going to enjoy this movie are going to be people that are uh, parents of young kids. I think the mm-hmm. under 12, 12 and under crowd are going to eat this up. And I do think that it's awesome, you know, to be, um, I guess, a little more in tune with the current times. It is awesome to see, you know, a female character like killing it. You know what I mean? Like, like, like being a hero in this movie is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily killing it, killing a role, but just like being a hero, being the, the star of it, being a, a, a female character, uh, more so a, a female character of color, you know? And then I also, and I know you're well aware of this, we also have to take the opportunity to say that at this time right now, this is the only time where there are two people of color that are that are directors of two major movies that are just smoking it in the box office, the top Yo, for sure. bills. So mm-hmm. that's that's another thing, you know. I mean, between Ava and Ryan Coogler, like they're just mopping up the competition this weekend. I have a feeling though, Steve, that I don't think I think this movie's going to start to like decline pretty fast. I don't think it's going to have it definitely won't have the legs that Black Panther had, but it's gonna oh. you'll see a drop off pretty pretty immediately i think of this one I, I don't know somehow it just to me it just seems like it misses the mark however if i was to take my small like when my kids were young if i was to take them to this movie i think i would like it and i think that it would you know because you kind of have do you remember doing that taking your kids to movies that you would probably wouldn't like normally but you sort of appreciate it because they're appreciating it maybe oh, you aren't sure. that way yeah but that's how you know that's how i'm seeing this one here i think that a lot of parents will appreciate this movie because you know their kids are going to want to go out and buy meg dolls right after no, I think that's what's happening. You see a lot of girl, you know, young girls, young young kids, just adoring this movie. I'm like, that's because it's that's the movie for them. I think she made it for those kids, and I don't know because right. I haven't, I haven't quite, I haven't seen it, and so I'm very interested in if kids are going to like it, and by proxy, the parents are going to like it because they love what their kids enjoyed so much. Yeah, I truly think that that's what's going on with this one. So I'm not going to say it's a bad movie. Um, I do recall watching like the miniseries that came out in the 90s. I think it was mm-hmm. the 90s. And I remember watching that. It was like over like the course of a week, if I'm not mistaken. But that one didn't really hit me either. I do remember there being similar scenes. And it's it's like it's like a really rough vision of my, in my memory. But I remember watching the whole thing. I just, for this one, I don't know what it was, man. I was just, I was ready to, like if my wife would have leaned over and went, you know what, can we go? I would have been, hey, let's go. And I would have left. And I'm not saying I- that it's, a, but I'm not saying like it's it's bad I just don't think that I was the audience that they were, this movie's catering totally to. And it, it just it just didn't do it for me. You know what I mean? So by no means am I telling... I was only kidding about the whole Stinkle and Time thing. But um, by no means am I saying this is a bad movie. I am just saying that this movie has a certain target that they're going for. And, and I think they'll hit the mark with that target. It just wasn't me. Totally fair. Totally fair. That's Wrinkle of Time, Wrinkle in Time, directed by Ava DuVernay. Uh, it's in theaters now. Check it out if you want to... Um, have a good, or Dan says that your kids are probably going to really enjoy it. Check it out. Tell us what you think. Especially if you have girls. I, I have a feeling that this is more towards like young girls. I think this is the movie for them. Um, it also deals with like, you know, bullies and being an outcast. There are certain messages in here that are good for that point in time with children when they're, you know, at their most insecure and they're just coming up and they're trying to figure out how to, how to handle bullies in school. Um, there's a scene there where the bully got what she deserves. And I love that because if I was that kid, I would have done the same thing has to do with the basketball. That's all I'm saying. Uh, But no, it's like I said, it's not a bad movie, but I think it's definitely targeted towards young girls. Okay. Sounds good. 
So What's next for back, you, brother? Getting back to Netflix, man, I watched a couple episodes of Jessica Jones this weekend. Did you happen to see any of that? I know you're not a Jessica Jones fan. I, I'm not a Jessica fan, but I'm interested to see what you think of it. Because for me, it was just, I'm interested in what you think about the this, this second season. Well, if you followed anything I've said on Twitter this weekend, uh, I think I made it fairly clear. You know what it is, dude? I'm just not really feeling the Marvel TV universe. I'm just not. Um, really? I'm not really even not. Daredevil? I liked season one of Daredevil very much. And it was Punisher? something that was fresh. Punisher I enjoyed, but I didn't get all the way through it. I didn't either. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know what it is, man. Like, I, I it seemed fine to me, but I just didn't. It wasn't one of those things. Like, there's just certain, like, okay, for instance, even everything sucks. I was compelled to continue to watch that one. But these episodes, they seem like they're too long. Um, I don't know if they're just getting good writing. There's just something to miss with these. And with Jessica Jones, I think this, I was talking to one of our listeners, Emmy, or briefly, we, we tweeted each other. And uh, she kind of said the same thing, that she doesn't think that Kristen Ritter is actually getting good writing for her character. And I agree with her 100%. I think this, it's like stale a little bit, or it just doesn't pop, man. That's the best way I could put it. And that kind of goes throughout the whole, like I didn't care for Iron Fist. I thought Iron Fist was really weak, actually. Uh, I did enjoy Luke Cage, and I'm looking forward to having Luke Cage come back. And I liked Luke Cage and Jessica Jones in season one. I I got into season one. What was it? I think it came out in like 2015. Wow, that's been a long time. 2015 or 2016. And, you know, I watched it and it was cool. But then I just, towards the end, it was it was hard for me. Everyone was raving about David Tennant as the, I think it's like the purple man, the, the, the villain in the show. Yeah. And... I like David Tennant. I'm a Doctor Who fan. I wasn't feeling it. So I'm not saying it's bad, but again, Steve, it's not for me. What what really bugs me about this show is that they've made her character with such a chip on her shoulder that it's kind of like just the same punchline every time. Okay, here she comes again. She's bored with this or she thinks you're stupid or she's bitter and she wants to have a drink. It never stops. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing. It seemed like, it seems like the world bores me. Whatever you're about to say, I don't want to hear. It's going to be a yeah. duh. I already know that sort. But I'm like, maybe not. I don't know. But I just stopped watching it after a while. Yeah, you know, and that's not to say that the that it's going to not get really good towards the end. I've been kind of watching the hashtags of it just to see how people are doing with it, and it seems like people that are enjoying the show are the ones that enjoyed last season, which makes sense, right? I don't really see a lot about it though. Like this is the best thing I've ever seen, you know? And I do see a lot of people that share my opinion too, of it just being like, eh, not really for me. I think that the Marvel net, the Netflix version of Marvel TV needs to get better. And I feel like if they don't, they're going to end up like nixing these shows eventually. What was the other one? The defenders. I thought that was weak. I just, there was, there's all of them. You know what I mean? (laughs) You've got them all right there. And it just didn't do anything. The action scenes didn't do it for me. Nothing. So Guys, this one here, I'm just going to kind of go straight down the middle. I, I don't think it's garbage. It just wasn't for me. If you're enjoying the Marvel Universe and you like Jessica Jones and you rock that shit to the end and enjoy every minute of it, not for me. I'm going to take a pass and I don't think I'm going to continue watching it. Wow. Well, is that, that is Jessica too harsh Jones. though, right? No, that's Jessica Jones on Netflix. Uh, Dan didn't dig it. Maybe you will. But it's on right now. The second scene is on right now on Netflix. Uh, we look forward to you listening to it or watching it and letting us know what in the world you believe and if Dan is out of his mind or he's right on point, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, opinions, you know, what they say. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one and they all stink. But I'm nope, just bidet. telling you. 
if you have a bidet, though, that's a whole other story because you're nice and fresh. Um, I feel like in this case, I feel like I, like my opinion is just it's it's just my opinion is what I'm getting at. I just don't feel like I can confidently um, recommend this to you okay. guys. If you want to watch it, go for it. Fair enough. What now? This next one, I don't know what in the world. These words don't mean anything to me. What is this? Dan? Oh, but they should, man. And I almost told you. I, I caught this actually. I just finished watching this probably like an hour and a half before we started recording. It was just something that I found on um, on Amazon actually. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm sorry. It was on iTunes, and I was like, damn it! I, 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 it's based on a band. I'm going to get to that in just a second. But I didn't even know this movie existed. Actually, it came out in 2010. And I'm so glad I watched this one, man, because it's a band that I've liked for a long time. And uh, I would say like one of my favorite bands, but there is something so in your face about this band and their stage presence is like no other band I've ever seen. They're awesome. The band I'm talking about is Fishbone. Have you heard of Fishbone? Oh, I did watch this. You I watched this Sunshine? documentary. Yes, I did. I loved it. I thought sure it was did. so It was really good. I thought, I thought it came out like 2012, is it? 2013 or something? 2010. It was 2010. Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. I saw it. It was really good. I didn't know. I didn't really know much about him. Yeah, the movie's called Everyday Sunshine: The Story yep. of Fishbone, and that's exactly what it is. It's a documentary from start to finish of one of the most interesting bands that I've ever listened to. Totally. Fishbone. Yeah. Uh, let me break down the characters real quick. They all play themselves in this because it is a documentary. But you've got Norwood Fisher on bass. You've got lead singer Angela Moore on saxophone. Uh, Chris Dowd, I believe, is the. Oh God, see, now I'm getting into the. Those are like the two main ones for me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I believe Chris Dowd was the guitar player. No, no, no. That was uh, Chris Dow was the extra singer, I believe, and guitar. And then uh, there's uh, Walter Kibbe, who was Dirty Walt. And anyway, Kendall Jones. There's a whole bunch of these guys in this one. And the thing is, is that what this movie is based on is how they came up. Much like any rock doc, it's how they came up. And these kids were from the ghetto, man. They were from Los Angeles. Everyone but Angela Moore. Angela Moore came from a Jehovah's Witness family. So now there's an interesting thing. Yeah. You know, and and I'm paraphrasing what he was saying, but he didn't, it didn't last long for him because he wanted to listen to the music that he wanted to listen to. He wanted to be this person. And if you know anything about Angela Moore or his performance, dude is in your face constantly. There is really no, he's one of the greatest showmen out there in my opinion. And, um, it doesn't necessarily make him the best singer or anything, but as far as the showman goes, young Angela Moore could not be top. Dude was crazy. Watch, I'll, you know what? Maybe I'll put up like a, a video of some of their live performances when he was young and he could get down. Um, so it's really cool to watch this band come up. What was cool about them is that they were they came up in a time where it was uh, there was a lot of punk rock going on and there was like a lot of metal going on. Mm-hmm. And they didn't they didn't fit into any of these categories because yes. they were this, this group of, I think it's like five or six young black men that were in totally in tune with each other, but kind of only with each other. You know what I mean? And they, mm-hmm. they, they had influences from ska to punk to metal to all these things. And they, they kind of did this big fusion and they created something that only sounded like Fishbone. To this day, yes. Fishbone only sounds like Fishbone. And that's what made them so intriguing to all the bands that were coming up w- along with them. There are many bands that take influence from, from Fishbone. For sure. But everybody wanted to play with this band. So they had like, they, they got signed like right out of high school because they were so like hot in the scene and everyone wanted to play with them that they instantly got signed. And, you know, like the old story goes, when you're young and you get signed and everything's just getting thrown at you, it really just depends on how you guys steer, how you steer true. your own ship. You totally know what true. I mean? Yeah. So of course, like, like, you know, in any rock documentary, there's always going to be some hardship that goes along with that. There's going to be the the highs and lows of a band and there's no exception with Fishbone. They just were killing the scene and everyone wanted to be a part of it. Egos got involved and, 
you know, drugs became involved with it. And then it just became a thing where like um, Angela Moore is such a strong presence. And this is the band saying that it, it tended to be a little bit more about Angelo. Uh, he was he was like a persona of himself, you know what I mean? A character of himself. And he was always in the front. And sometimes he would just be taking solos where there was no solo. It was he, he they, from what everyone was saying in the band, he tended to make, make it about him. And, you know, it just kind of slowly disintegrated. Kendall Jones, who was a guitar player, like found his dad one day. He was, he was like, you know, he didn't know his dad his whole life and he found his dad and his dad wasn't the best person in the world. And I guess he was really good at brainwashing this, this guy and he changed him completely, made him like crazy, paranoid, religious. And he just wow. dropped out of the band. Yeah. He actually like, they wanted him back so badly. They were his boys. You know what I mean? Like For sure. they, he, he came up with them, you know? And, um, at one point they wanted him back so badly that they decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do like a straight up human intervention on this guy. We're going to like take this dude, like physically, physically take this guy and take him to like a rehab or something like that because they thought that he was going crazy. And I think that he was. Um, but what ended up happening was, you know, his brothers stuck up for him. They're like, hey, man, you can't do this to him. Even though they were all down with it at first, they saw how like like he was so sure of himself, how he was supposed to be, that he was like living the right way for the Lord and all this that they said, OK, like leave him alone. Don't don't do this. But what ends up happening is. Kendall Jones actually ends up suing Fishbone and his brothers oh. because of like, yeah, for kidnapping. And it's, you know, it goes to court and the whole bit, but they were able to prove by showing their videos of how their, how much brotherhood they had, you know, in their band and all this old footage. And they were able to state their case so well that the, the judge was like, no, I'm not going to, you know, there's going to be, they're going to drop all charges. But because of that whole thing, you know, and they, from that day forward, when they walked out of court, they didn't talk to him for, I think it was like, 20 or no 15 years i think it was they didn't no one saw this guy for 15 years and he went off and he was just you know totally religious like in the in this in the most crazy way possible what's cool about this one man i'm not going to talk it up too much but what's really neat about this is it does span their entire career up until 2010 and okay. they're still going at it you know and it eventually just it got down to where it was just angelo moore and norwood fisher and that was it and they were trying to make fishbone happen there was one part where they were just taking any tour they could. They were, they were, I guess they were kind of like mad at themselves and mad at how their course went because, you know, you're coming up with the red hot chili peppers and your chili peppers are like Jack and something like flea even said, like we were borrowing from them in their, in their stage performance. Like we, you know, we would, we would, they would open up for us and we're like, how are we going to go out there and top that? There's no way. So, you know, they, they were a, a killer band in their own right, but for whatever reason, because of the personal choices that they made for their band, they never, got off of like that yeah we've got albums out but we're not famous do you know what i'm saying or we're famous but we're not huge you know yeah. they never they i've seen fishbone several times and i've seen them play for thousands of people but they never really got it to the point where they were selling out you know places like the chili peppers were yeah and i think that that really to this day still kills them uh angelo moore is a very trippy guy he took he went off on this other character for a while i think what was his name dr Dr. Vibe. I can't remember the name of it, but he, he found what ended up happening is he found a theremin you know, and uh, he wanted, you know, theremin is this like, <laughs> yep. How would you describe a theremin? Yeah. How would you describe, describe that? Like whenever you hear twilight zone, the theremin is that. And yeah, it's something, something like that. that you can move your hand over and it changes the sound and you move like, it's a very strange instrument. That's not so much. And some people can play it really well, but a lot of times it's used just for effect. Yeah. Ambience. Accent. Yes. He decided he would do solos just 
dear you know, Lord. while while the while the singer's singing, he would just start doing solos with <laughs> it and just pissing everybody off. And he became this very crazy cat to where it's like not crazy, but at one point, you know, he pretty much kind of loses everything, uh, and he ends up moving back in with his mom at the age of what I'm guessing is probably, he's probably in his forties, maybe at that time, or maybe even fifty. And uh, he was like completely cool with letting mom do everything. Mom did the laundry. Mom paid the bills. Mom did everything for him. And Norwood Fisher, who was the founding member, member, the bass player, you know, who was who came up with him, like, he was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we could be doing amazing things right now, but you're completely cool living this life with your mom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, but yeah. it also happened, you also happen to be our front man, so we need you to do this thing. And he, they just... Whatever it was, the movie sort of depicts Angela Moore as the one that kind of held them back. And what's really cool about this movie is at the end, uh, it's not really spoilers because if you were to look at tour dates, even now, the original lineup's back together. So they all, after a 25-year course, sort of found each other again. And in fact, mm-hmm. they're playing this big show in, I think it's like somewhere in somewhere like some beach area in Southern California coming up in April. And it's going to be the original lineup again. That's huge. You know, they're a whole That's lot crazy. older, but but they're amazing musicians. And Norwood Fisher, Steve, I, do you know? I guess you don't know. You need to look up dude's bass playing because he's sick. So sick. And I think I might end up going to the show. It's going to be them. It's going to be Sublime with Rome. It's going to be uh, Less Than Jake, 311. All these bands that were from the 90s doing, I think it's called like Back to the Beach Tour or something like that. Two days in Los, in a, somewhere near Los Angeles. I might have to go check that out. But I will tell you this, out of everything that I've seen, I found I was most entertained by this one, mostly because I love a good rock documentary and I also love Fishbone. So my pick of the week for you guys is Everyday Sunshine, the story of Fishbone. You can find this on iTunes. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, Where else can you find it? Actually, there's a long story, but we did when we got MoviePass through Costco, they gave us. Oh, Fandor. That's what it is. Fandor. And it's like this other streaming site where they have all the mostly independent movies and stuff like that. Uh, very strange selections of movies, but some great documentaries. So if you, you can find it in any of those there, check it out. It's really good. Um, I'll put a link into the notes. Everyday Sunshine, ladies and gentlemen. Love Dope. It. And that's it, man. Is that it, brother? I think so. Is there anything else? I think yeah, I'm missing anything. That's yeah, it. that's it, man. Right. I think it's enough, though, for one week, wouldn't you? That is a very quality week right there, brother. I agree. What's up right. on your plate, man? What'd you do this week? The first thing I've been watching is a, is a show on Comedy Central called Corporate. Have you heard of this show, dude? No, I haven't. No, I haven't, man. Tell me All about right. it. So it stars Matt and Jake, Matt Ingerbretson and Jake Wiseman. And look, it's pretty much, if you liked Office Space you're going to like corporate. It's just a dark, dark office space is what it is. And it here's the shocker. When I saw them, I was like, oh, it's fun, whatever. But dude, when Lance Reddick showed up, G, I'm like, Lance Reddick? I didn't know he could be funny. I kind of knew he could be funny. I've seen him in skits. But he is legit funny in this show, dog. He is so good. It's a funny show about if you've ever, you work in it right now as what you do, if you work in corporate America, everything that they're doing here is hilarious. You know, I've heard horror stories about working in corporate America, and these guys really take it head on. And I think it's right up your alley. It'll make you laugh. You're not going to stop watching it if you start watching it. It'll definitely make you laugh. So, like, what's the what's the plot? 
All it is is those two working in corporate America, doing day-to-day life, having to deal with supervisors that they're like, what are they even talking about? Why are they supervisors? And then dealing with a a darker, meaner Steve Jobs-like character played by Lance Reddick. Like he's a, just a cold-blooded cat. And, you know, they're willing to give arms to... <laughs> foreign nations to start wars and it takes his buddy to be like you do know this is illegal right like it's just a funny show dude it's hilarious and it's like you can start on any episode and you're fine i can kind of see what you mean though about it being like office space like i get i get the concept of what you're talking about yeah i I would totally watch that it's really funny so it's on comedy center you can watch it on demand right now there's like 10 episodes check it out i guarantee you won't be uh, disappointed. It was really, it made me laugh, 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 man. And it's just poking fun at the office jobs that you have to just put on the fake smile and do that whole thing. And like, there's a part where they're like, Hey, does anybody have any talents? Does anybody know? And, and his buddy starts raising his hand. He's like, you never raise your hand, never ever raise your hand and volunteer to do any, like it's, it's just certain things that we think they're saying. It's just really good, man. I loved it. I'm looking at the user reviews on IMDb and people for the most part seem to really like it. I think it's, I think it's especially for grown people that grown folks are going to love this show. People that actually have worked and have dealt with, like I'm assuming that you're going to see some of the people that you've worked with before in the show. Dude. The whole, I can get down with that. That sounds like something I could be into. Dude. The whole, there's a part where he's like, Hey, um, did you send me that email? He's like, yeah, I sent it to you. Did you CC me? He's like, no, I, BC'd you. He's like, yeah, we CC. He's like, but you did get it. Yeah, I got it, but don't blind. I, don't, don't. He's I like, have had that conversation. Yeah, we like, but you did get the email. Yeah, we did, but can we CC? We CC here. He's like, well, I will, I guess I'll do it from now on. Oh, it seems like you have a bit of an attitude. Is that kind of hard for you to do? That thing where you're like, he's like, I didn't change my inflection at all like that thing and then the next person he's like hey why didn't you do that email buddy and the guy was like really i didn't do the email because i don't care and i don't think it's an important thing at all and they're like okay and and he's like why does this guy get to just say whatever and then the guy's like because that's what i am i do that and so they expect it from me you're the guy that explains everything i'm like oh yes i know that guy that can get away with anything and the second i call off one day everything just blows up but he calls off every day no problem that's what I really like about those shows, man, is that, the, like I said, you truly do get to see the people that you work with on these totally, shows. Totally, dog. So you are going to like this show. You're going to like this show. So check it out. Corporate on Crazy Looking, uh, Comedy Central, or if you have Xfinity or whatever you use, it's on demand right now. So check It's it out. on Amazon Prime as well. Consider it done, dude. I'm going to watch it. Now, the next one, dude, Sneaky Pete Season 2 on Amazon Prime. Giovanni Ribisi, dog. I'm ashamed of myself, Steve, because you recommended Sneaky Pete season one to me, like right when it came out yeah. or like right when you started watching it. And I watched one episode and it had nothing to do with it being bad or not in yeah. my alley. I just, for whatever reason, put it down and I never got back to it. But I remember going, this is a damn good show. I can already Dude. see it's going to be a damn good show. So I, please tell me all about it. Um, Sneaky Pete is about is about a con man that's really good i mean and it, it works so perfectly because i love giovanni rubisi in boiler room and he kind of did that thing 
And uh, what he is, is he's, he's a con man. He knows how to like pick pockets. He knows how to uh, play cards and get over on people when they're playing, playing cards. That whole thing, that's his thing. What he does is he, he, he has a cellmate. And this cellmate is his butt. You know, they're kind of, he's getting all this information from his cellmate subtly. Subtly getting this information from his cellmate. So he leaves prison and takes on his cellmate's um, persona. He's now him. He takes his name and everything. And he's been in prison long enough. And he looks enough like him so that his cousins and aunt or whoever that he shows up to, they're like, he's like, hey, it's me. And they're like, that's oh, right. I remember that now. Yeah, He could have been you. like, it could be you. You've been in prison for a minute. And you and they that, but some of them are like, wow, you I remember you looking different. But I guess I guess you don't. I guess this is you. And I'm not going to tell you why he did it, or why he had to do it. But it's him holding up this persona in the face of a lot of other things that are happening behind the scenes. And, um, I mean, season two just carries on with Giovanni Ribisi being a freaking destruction zone. Like, the dude is such a beast of an... And you already... Come on now. Um, uh, Martindale's in it. So you know I'm going to love this show. You already know. Oh, that's right. That was going to be your pick. Gee. She was going to be your pick for um for Grandma, right? Yes. Dude. Margo Martindale. Yeah, she Margo Martindale. She is so freaking good, man. And so anything she's in, I'm in, let alone the fact that she's a huge part of season two. Like, a huge part of season two, Gee. And so, I mean, every person that's in this show is just fantastic to me. I think, I mean, they do such a great job at being, and then Peter Garrity, everyone's seen Peter Garrity in everything. You just didn't know it was Peter Garrity. Let alone, and, and of, of course, Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry is a person you've seen in a billion things, and you're like, oh, it's dude from the thing, from the guy, from the person. It's him. And so all these people are in this show, and it's just so incredible. Now, you can tell people are smelling something now on season two. They smell something. But they still have. Oh, you're, they're starting to get suspicious. Yeah, they're smelling something. But so many other things are happening that they're like, we can't even deal with that right now because this crap is happening. Brought on by, you know. And so it's really, really good. If you like Giovanni Rivisi, if you like the con man, if you like the con game, if you like the confident men, the confident women, the con women, con men thing, you're going to love, love Sneaky Pete. And remember, uh, uh, what's his name is in this is, is in this uh, dude from um, Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston. So Brian Cranston is in the first season. Did you get to see him or no? No, like I like I said, I literally watched one episode. The thing is, here's what I'm getting from Brian Cranston. He's done with the Walter White thing. He wants to play characters that are as far from Walter White as humanly possible. And the Probably character a smart he, thing. he plays Vince in Sneaky Pete. And let me tell you something. I'm just going to give people a um, an opinion of mine. Um, don't cross Vince. Just don't do it. There's nothing you thought around the corner. And he's one of those guys that are like, uh, Giovanni, Giovanni Ribisi is like, okay, I thought around this corner. We're just going to do this. Homeboy's like, I haven't thought around that corner. So just kill everybody around that corner because I didn't even think of that. So he just kills everyone. So whatever he didn't think of, won't happen because he killed everyone. That's his way of doing things. I don't look around the corner because I just killed everyone around that corner. 
I mean, he's Man, just I, that guy. I'm looking at the cast for dude. like for season one and season two. Dude. It's like massive the number. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people only have like one episode, but it's freaking beast, huge. This cast and Ethan Embry and this, and this this season is a big Ethan Embry season. He's doing a fantastic job. So you're Fantastic. highly rating this one, huh? Highly rating. And because and the thing is, it's almost like they're feeding off each other. When him and Giovanni are in the same scene, they're kind of doing the acting thing. Where they're kind of like, it's just so good to see. Margo is so freaking good too. All of them are so good. It's a movie that is going on for a series of movies. I'm sold, man. I'm checking it out. Like I said... I watched the first episode. There was I found nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Don't even have a good reason for putting it down. So I'm taking your recommendation strongly. You've never really done me wrong before. It's on. Except it's for so maybe good. Monster Project. <laughs> Except for maybe that was Monster good. Project. You're tripping. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. I like. I mean, for found footage and monster changes, that was like what? That werewolf change was like, hey, yo, your boy is out. So, um. Uh, the next movie I saw, it's not a movie, it's a series on Netflix. It's called Flint Town. Have you heard of this? Yes, and I actually was going to watch it last night, but I fell asleep because I was just, I watched too much. <laughs> but I was, because I was looking at your notes, that was one of them I was going to check out. That and also another, the, probably the next one you're going to talk about. Um, but, but please, tell. It, it's about, it's pretty much following the um, cops and the citizens of Flint, Michigan, and how it became what it is now from a bustling middle class society to a a place where the, you know, the minimum wage or the wage, the average wage or salary in that community, it's like super duper low, man. And them trying to fix it, trading police chiefs, trading mayors, uh, they follow the cops on a few busts, you know, and they talk to the community about how they feel about the cops. It's just a, you know, a documentary uh, series that, you know, you'd probably see on A&E if it wasn't on Netflix. And I mean, it's it's good. Um, I think it, it's more for people who don't understand. Um, I don't know. It seems more pro police force kind of, you know, and, and that's the only thing that I was just like, oh, come on, man. Like, you know, sometimes they're saying things like, hey, well, you know, they shouldn't be mad. We're trying to protect their community. But then there's other cops that are just like, look, apparently we're doing something wrong. They're not all crazy. Apparently, we're policing wrong. And I'm wondering how those cops, which happen to be black that say this, how they're going to be judged when this thing comes out. Like, how are they? How are the coworkers going to watch this and be like, oh, everything's gravy when they're just like, look, I think we're messing up. And other people are like, we're doing just fine. We're doing just fine. So the officers that you're talking about, they're still working? Uh, yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So everyone has an interesting opinion and uh, there is sort of uh, they dip into love stories between the cops and then there's a breakup. And so they do get into that. and You're kind of like, OK, all right. But some of it is good. Like, um, you know, they're they're dating each other and the woman puts in for the FBI and the guy gets mad because he didn't she didn't like run it by him. And she's like, look, I'm not going to put my life on hold. You can't live here because you have children. I can. I love you, but I'm not going to put my dreams aside for you. And I was like, well, this is an interesting thing. Why would you even have, she doesn't have to give, ask your permission to put in for the FBI. <laughs> that is, there's no rule there. And he's kind of upset, you know? So it, it is interesting, you know? But 
Um, so it's not only, I'm just trying to read what you're saying here. So it's not just like a docu, well, even though it's a docu-series and it's talking about all the, like the political side of things, it's also humanizing these people yes, as well. They're like you're, also, seeing, you're getting into their personal lives. Totally. And there's some people, like there's one girl, um, obviously, you know, the cops act a certain way and, and you see the citizens be like, she's like, look, I could just shat, you know, some of the cops are like, I could just put you in jail. And the citizens are like, what, for talking to you wrong? Yep. She's like, I could talk to you however you want. And you see their friends being like, just don't talk to her. Because you hear them say, cops can get away with anything. Don't talk to them. And I'm like, yeah, that is the fear that's in all of our brains. I mean, sure, technically, you've seen the YouTube videos where like, these are your rights. You can tell a cop whatever you want. Watch, I'll do it right now. I'm like, yeah, that's not how it rolls. <laughs> that's yeah. not how it goes. You can probably do that. And these people are like, I have the right to say whatever I want. And their homegirl is like, you cannot do this. You can't. They Maybe can. it's the videos I'm watching, but it seems like that never really works out for them in those YouTube videos. A lot of times it does, more than it it should. And uh, there's actually one video, there's one part in this show. Oh, this pissed me off. You remember, um, so a while back, um, Philando Castile got shot with a gun license, right? Mm -hmm. Remember that? He had a gun license and he got shot anyway. And um, they watch the footage. Was that footage in his car? It, was he shot yes, in his car? Yeah, yes. okay. They watch the footage. They show them watching the brand new footage that was released on the documentary with the cops there and they were just watching it during a, um, a normal, you know, the meeting in the morning. Right. And all the cops are like, well, he shouldn't have put up his hands and check out the do wife. Why would you even start videotaping? So it shows where she's all about. He's like, hey, you should have done what he was told. And I'm like, dude, you're showing cops right now. You're showing this group of cops. Now, there is one guy, though, that's kind of looking around like, am I in the Matrix? Like you can see his. he didn't say anything, but you can see his eyes looking like, what is happening right are we watching the same video right now <laughs> but he you you really can't say anything these are your co-workers and that happens they're, every day and you and so he's looking from side to side and they're like all right that's the end of the meeting and you see him get up kind of like yo what the hell was that all about but you can't these are the guys that are, have to have your back when there's a call there's a code there's a code dude and so that really um I like also that the, you know, the people doing the documentary, I don't know if they did, but I thought they were wise not to go up to that guy and say, hey, so what did you think? Don't put him in that situation. Just don't. Because the last thing you want to do is be like, yeah, he should have listened to what he was told, him going back to his sister and mom, and them like, how dare you? How dare you? He has a, me, I have a church he has to go to afterwards. And they all see this documentary and it's like, ugh, you are great. And that will happen. They're like, oh, you're the worst. So just, I'm glad that they didn't put them on the spot, but they definitely showed, they, there's a reason they zeroed in on them. You know, so it's a, if you're interested in how a community can be against, not against, but how a community and police force can just bump heads, watch this because, uh, look, the police chief puts a, puts a thing together called the cat, and I think it's something against... Target. I forgot how. Anyway, it's CAT. That's the acronym. And um, 
All they do is go down and shake people down. If you look suspicious, they're getting out of their car, they're shaking you down. That's all they do. You're walking down the street, they get out. What are you doing here? What are you doing? What's in your pocket? What's on your hat? Why are you wearing your hat? If you have sagging pants, why would you look suspicious? Yeah, that's what they do. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't the way you're going to, you know, foster wonderful feelings from the community. But right. they think they have to do it. I have to do it. We have to make this community safe. And some of them were like, this is not how you make a community. Now, when you need help, hey, where's a guy with a red jacket? Everyone's going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. That's, They're creating I, a paranoia and, a, and a fear of the police and, a, and exactly. like being, you know, it's, overly cautious or maybe they're not being overly cautious if they're reacting to that type of thing. You know? They're just and the thing is, like my mom, when she grew up in Compton and she's like, when I was a kid, there was a cop that walked the streets. And so if something happened, the cop would be like, I know exactly who did that. It was such and such from around the court because she knows he's like, I'm going to tell his mother right now because there's only one kid that is going to do that thing. And I know because everyone knew you. Everyone knows you. And so when you're like, hey, somebody robbed a bank or robbed a liquor store, he'd be like, oh, I know who did it because he was the one person not in class today or whatever. I know who did it. But she's like, it's because we knew him and we knew that if we did something, we have to talk to officer such and such. And we're like, oh, no, we do not want to talk to officer such and such. But now that's gone. I don't know who the cop in charge of my area is. I don't know who they are. I don't well, know. I don't imagine there's probably that many beat cops anymore either around there, right? Oh, no. Yeah, the last beat cop, I had talked to a retired beat cop, and he was like, I did it on my own. I just did it. And I knew the people from around the way. And uh, he did it for years, and he knew the people. He, he'd There'd be people that, he, you know, when a person got put in jail, instead of their one phone call would be to, to that officer saying, hey, I need your help. And he'd go down there and be like, hey, let this kid go. He's he's a knucklehead and blah, 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 blah. That's how it should be. Where I want to call Officer Smith because I know he'll pull some strings and be at the most he'll be like, what did you do, man? What did you do? What the heck were you thinking? You know, that thing. So check out Flint Town if you're interested in that sort of thing. Um, I, I'm interested in what maybe people have a different point of view. I thought it was very pro-cop. And I know there's a lot of people in I'm not anti-cop, but in this day i think that hearing another side more would have been really important especially with philander castile um there shouldn't have been a both sides say one thing you should have had the other side being like this is why this and this and that and they really didn't expound on that like i would have liked them to so that's Flint Flint town. town on netflix what else you got atlanta is back donald glover is not playing around these days Gee. is he it's a genius show. The end. There's nothing more I could say about it. It's a genius show. I mean, when you could when you could have a character called Alligator Man, and Donald Glover's like, "Hey, why you call it Alligator Man?" He's like, "Cause I got an alligator in my room." He's like, "God, oh, you're crazy." And he looks around. He's like, "Yeah, you do got an alligator in your room." Was that on the first episode? It's on the first episode of season two, yeah. Oh, season two. Okay, okay. Oh, it's so good. It is, and it's and Cat Williams puts a performance on the first episode of season two that lets me know. Oh, that's right. That guy is funny. That's why he's Cat Williams. That's why he he has issues, but he gets real serious. And there's a okay. Close your ears, everybody. There's a part where he gets serious, and he's like. 
He said, you want me to give you advice? And Donald Glover's like, I guess. He said, get your chip, get that chip off your shoulder. Leave it. Life's too short for you to deal with it. Trust me. And I was like, he's talking about himself. He's talking about Cat Williams. He's like, can I write my own line? Yes. He said, get that chip off your shoulder. It doesn't get you anywhere. And it just, it's, it's too heavy. And you're, it, it takes up too much time. And move on so you don't end up like me. And he walks out. Is Cat Williams a reoccurring character in Atlanta? No, it's just over. Yeah, he was just a cameo. Alligator Man. Oh, he does. He's, oh my goodness, he's good as Alligator Man. He's so good at Alligator Man. And uh, it's a genius show, man. There's there's an episode of uh, where they're, you could call it something else, but it's Google. And they're, they're, they're like, hey, we're really interested in you, you know, da 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 da. We want you to do this music. And so they're like, all right, go ahead and perform. And so they're all there with their clipboards waiting for this dude to perform a rock, a rap song. And he's looking around like this isn't the um, atmosphere. And they're just looking at him. He's like, all right, put your hands together. And they just still looking at him, nodding with their little pencils. And he's like, yeah, gee, this is ridiculous. But the other guy is just dancing on a table, doing it for him, doing the tap dance. <laughs> you know, they're doing the thing. And it's a fact of what, what do you want to be? Do you want to be successful or do you want to be real? It's up to you. I mean, dude, it's just a genius. It's a genius show, dog. It's a genius show. They're firing at a different level of any other show on TV. Well, like I was telling you last night, I actually, you know, looking at your notes, I was putting the notes together. And uh, those were the two shows that I tried to watch. I started watching Flint Town. I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit too tired for this one. I know, yes. like, you know when you're just tired, you know you're going to oh, fall asleep. Oh, for sure, yes. So I'm like, let me try Atlanta instead. So I started watching Atlanta and I got about halfway or, yeah, about 30 minutes into the first episode of season one. And it seemed really good. But I mean, I, I was like you holding my eyes open. Yeah, yeah. I was too But you too could open, see, so. oh, this is a different show. It's different. Totally. Yeah, yes. no, it seemed very good, man. And I'm, I've really taken an interest in Donald Glover ever since Community. And I just think that this guy, we have not seen his best work yet. No. You and know what I mean? He's, yeah. I mean, he's, the fact, this recent interview, he's like, I'm good at everything. He understands. I have no reason to doubt that. Dude. Yeah. He understands that he's good and he's not going to shy away from how great he is. He's like, I'm just great at everything I do. And I'm like, well, you know what? Hey, have a ball, man. Be great. I will love your greatness. I'm not going to sit there and be like, hey, easy on the why. He hasn't proven that he's not yet. I mean, I'm not his music. I'm not a huge music fan of his, but people say that he, they love it. So apparently they consider him great. Yeah, man. He's going on tour this summer and he's packing stadiums, apparently. You like uh, Childish Gambino, huh? Eh, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but I don't. I can appreciate his stuff. Yeah, Redbone's I, dope. I, you know what? Uh, the dude that helped produce, like did the music for it, he recreated it. Man. The, whenever you could recreate a song from scratch again, I'm like, that alone is freaking dope. You created it again. I, I thought it was so freaking cool how he did. He's like, and then we did this, and we did this, and then we did that. I'm like, oh, you're making the song again. And he's like, yeah, I'll give him, I'll give him props for having the balls to redo "Die Without You" by PM Dawn. <laughs> it's I, not. I, I don't no. think it's the uh, you know it's, compare. Yeah, it's not the course. seminal. It's not the seminal version yes no no but i give him props for trying um another thing i've been watching this week is godless i watched the whole series it's on netflix it's a western if you like jeff freaking daniels as a gunslinger you just might like this movie this show a lot 
I heard nothing but good things about Godless. It's fantastic. I mean, it's freaking fan freaking tastic. I loved it. I loved Godless. So there's nothing I can really say because anything I tell you really is going to kind of give you. Um, okay. You know how I'll say this, you know, how in the, um, like in certain Westerns, uh, people, uh, these bad group of whatever people come through and just ransack a town. Yeah. This ransacking of a town in the beginning is worse than I've ever seen in my life. Like this was a brutal, disgusting, what they did to these people. You get why everyone is like, they, we have to catch them and we need to put them down. But Jeff Daniels ain't a guy you can just put down. And he leads a crew of people who each one of them can't be put down. So it's like, well, who can, who, who can mess with them? And man, oh man, I will say this. The way that they make these women tough, strong, independent, and able to kill on this show is amazing. It's just, I reckon, so good. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. You were saying, um, maybe it wasn't you that was saying that. Someone was telling me there's just, there's like a strong female presence in the show. Is it all the way through? Is it based more, is it kind of like more uh, focused on the female? Yes, toward the... um, uh, there's a point where female character. Sorry, I like stop mid sentence, but I'm saying no. The female yeah, characters. there's there's a point where it has to be, and I'm not going to tell you what happens, but they're forced to deal with something on the, almost singularly, and they don't shy away from it. They don't sit there and be like we're so scared. All of them are like we are going to fight for our town, and if they come here, they're going to leave dead. That's what's happening. Even though we can't, some of us can't shoot. Even though some of us can't do this. We are going to protect our town. And it's so good because it's not corny. It's brutal, dude. I love a good Western, man. When you're trying to protect a town, um, bullets hit you. And they do not shy away from the bullet hitting you on this show. Like when the bullets hit, wow. A lot of detail, huh? Oh, man, it's a Netflix show. Or graphic, very graphic. It's a Netflix show, G. I will, and there's a very up close headshot <laughs> that is just like, oh my god! I mean, hey, it's it's brutal, dude. This is yet another one in my queue, man. All these the ones that you're talking about, I've had in my queue, so I, I will have to get to it, I guess, man. I I don't even know where to start sometimes with all the things I need to watch, you know? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, it's it, it's a these things, the only reason I watched this is I was so picky about what I was watching this week. I was like, hey, things I watched this week are going to be good. I'm not watching any bull crap this week. And I hit the nail on the head all this week, dog. Oh, brother, agreed. You've been coming correct the last couple of weeks, actually. I appreciate it. And um, now this brings me to my last decision, my last uh, thing I watched. And it's uh, um, an amazing thriller. It's a, uh, it's a um, foreign thriller called Veronica. And I watched Veronica. Yes, it was. It's directed by Paco Plaza, uh, right, written by Fernando Navarro and Paco Plaza. It's first of all, okay, you saw this movie. I did. Go tell me what you tell me what you what you thought about. It's a horror movie. You want me to take the reins on this one, man? Yes. Tell me what you thought about Veronica. All right. So the plot of Veronica is. Uh, Madrid, 1991. A teen girl finds herself besieged by an evil supernatural force after she plays 
the Ouija with two classmates. So it's one of those Ouija, you know, unlocking demonic. Pos- it's a demonic possession movie is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, when I first caught wind of this one, it was on Twitter. And I think it came off of like a Screen Rant article or something like that. And you kind of have to be or maybe it was Nerdist. But either way, you sort of have to take those with a grain of salt. Because they're either if they're, if they're saying because I think it was saying something to the effect of this is the scariest movie that's yeah, come out in a really dude, long time. Yeah. And I totally bought into it. I admit it because I'm always on this pursuit for a freaking movie that's going to scare the shit out of me. And I have yet yeah. to find one, you know? Um, yeah. So, but naturally I'm like, okay, well, if you're putting it out there, I'm going to check it out. So yeah, I did watch it. And quite, I watched it this weekend, actually. Um, I will tell you this. I liked it. I really liked this movie a lot. It is in Spanish. Uh, it's, which isn't a problem for me, but if you don't like movies with subtitles, this may not be the one for you to go into just, but or at least before Warren, it didn't bother me a bit. Um, the acting solid in this movie. The kids are great. The thing is, I actually very much enjoyed this movie, but I don't really think that it was a scary movie. I mean, it definitely had the ingredients to be a scary movie, but I wasn't even really mad at it that it wasn't. You know, Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it just didn't really... I don't know, man. It was just more like you said it originally. It was like a psychological thriller that was peppered with, like, demonic possession. That's the best way I could put it. But well, I that's what it. Yes, that's what I would say. I co-signed that. I don't think it was a scary movie, I thought it had an effective thriller. It was an effective thriller. I thought that it was, um, I didn't know exactly. Um, I, it kept me engaged the whole movie. There was not a boring part of this movie. Um, no, from agreed. the jump, there are some There are some scenes that are so well done that whatever this guy does next, or woman, I'm not sure if it's a woman or a guy, but Paco, right? Whatever this guy does next, or woman, um, I'm in because there is some scenes having to do with a mouth being open that I'm like, oh, yeah. that is a disturbing scene right there. That is disturbing because it's not crazy overdone. You just know it doesn't look right. It's yeah. enough to be like, oh, that doesn't look. No, it's like it's 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 so well done that you're like, oh. Okay, we're doing that right now. It is so interesting, man. Um, There's I actually say- two scenes like that. One at the beginning, yes. the open mouth thing, and then one at the end, which had yes. another element to it that I won't get into. But I yes, lo- oh, dude. disturbing, the- very disturbing. Dude, here's what I loved. I'm a person that loves to say, oh, I see what's coming. And I'm not going to say anything else, but that I did not on this one. I was like, oh, word. (laughs) I was like, yo, that's crazy. It was all too much for a ninth grade girl to go through. You know, dude, (laughs) I was like, at the end, but when I thought back, I said, as there's a part where it gives you a chance to follow brand new what's happening. And you're like, oh, snap. And it's not a corny thing they do. Like, aha, nope. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Watch the movie, enjoy the movie, and enjoy the ride. Don't plan on being scared. Just plan on enjoying a thriller that is brought to you by someone with a with a voice that I haven't heard yet. That I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, I really enjoyed that freaking movie. And normally if I watch a horror movie and it's not scary to me, I don't enjoy it. This movie 
was not scary. And I really, really, it might end up on my top 10 of the year. Really? That's, that's a bold statement. It It was a very good movie. I really enjoyed it a lot. I just, again, though, it's just, if you're going into this movie expecting to be scared, you will probably come out disappointed. But if you approach it with an open mind and just realize that that's not really what it is, I think you can't really lose on this one. It's actually won some awards, Steve. I don't know if you're aware of that. Cinema Writers Circle Awards in Spain this year uh, won the CEC Award, uh, Best Editing, uh, Best New Actress, Sandra... Uh, was it Escasena is her name? Oh, good and then, uh, job. And it was good nominated job. for Best Original. Yeah, she was great. She was, she was great. Fan- and the, all the kids. The little kids were great, man. They hey, were ask you so something. good. Did you at any point in time after watching this walk around your house humming Centea? No. Centea. Centea. I did not, but that was so funny because I was like, that must be like a show out there or something. Gail looked it up. It's like a, I think it's like a cleaning product or something like oh, that. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. It's some kind of like household Oh, how product. did she like it? She liked it, but she agreed it wasn't a scary movie, but she was down with the whole thing. Uh, she watched it all with me, and she was even saying, like I said, she doesn't really like suspenseful movies, like what, I was, what we were talking about earlier, or, or like super scary, even though she'll watch them. But she's like, no, this movie's not scaring me, but it's really good. I highly recommend this one. You guys, I think you will dig this one a lot, and it is on Netflix. That is Veronica. Veronica on Veronica. Netflix. Um, you're going to like it. And that is about all we've been watching, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and that brings us to what Dan likes to call the news. Or as Steve likes to call it, the Daily Danit. I so love that, dude. The <laughs> Daily Danit. It, okay. Has anyway. No one. Have you come up no, with actually, a new... Name? No, no, nothing like that. I was sure. ta- I was talking to Johnny Bucks about it. He's like, I like Daily Danit. I said, yeah, but then it means that I got to read the news all the time. Yep. <laughs> I, gotta, I don't want to read the news all the time. This is 50-50, G. The Daily Danit. Steve Danit. Go ahead. I could do like some echo. The Daily. Daily. Danit. 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 Yes, yeah, I like that. I don't know. For all this right. week, though, it's the news, G. Okay. It's the news. All right. What you got? Danit. Um, <laughs> the Black Panther. The oh, such a killjoy. Black Panther hits one billion dollars. G. Incredible, man! How fast was that? You know, I think it's right on point. I think that this movie, this movie is making this much money for a reason. It's not like like they just oh the interest was out there, everyone was interested, and they went and saw it over the weekend all at once. Now this is a movie that people are paying. To see multiple times. Yes. Word of mouth is spreading this movie still. I don't see this movie dying anytime soon. No. My mom's seen it twice. And she doesn't go to the movies. I'm ready to see it a third time. Are you really? Yeah. I will definitely see it a third I time. Think I, I, and I think I'd think i like to see it. Still. I want to see it in the theater for a third time. And I want to see it in a different format. I think I'm going to go with uh, IMAX. If oh, it's still out there. Nice. Do we have a real IMAX theater? I know we we rent the name. I don't know if we have a legit IMAX theater, though. Well, the Edwards Theater is an IMAX theater. Is it? A le- I don't think that that's a legit IMAX theater. I think we rent the, the name. one that's the one that's offset. Yeah, I don't think it's a legitimate IMAX actual theater. Well, I'll be honest with you. It's the only IMAX experience I have. And I've always oh, just thought it was well, an IMAX totally theater. Makes, OK, well, then that, I, I don't we don't have an ability to. Yeah, I mean, the closest I the only and we might have a legitimate one here. But I know the only le- the the nearest legit one I thought was in L.A. 
what I would really like to see, and we don't have this in this area, but I think it's like, is it a 4D movie where the seats move and you can smell smells and do you know what I'm talking about? Do they have that? They they have it. It exists. They don't have it in Fresno, but they have it in like Los Angeles, San Francisco. You can go and see a 4D movie where the seats move. And if they, you know, if they're, someone's walking through a bar and he walks through smoke or something, you'll get that smell of smoke or just, you know what I'm saying? Anything like that. Someone sneezes, you might get a little mist on you. You know, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. pretty crazy. Uh, but so I could just think of some of the scenes, like particularly that one where they're flying into Wakanda oh, for the first time. Dude. He's like, this never gets old. Oh. I would love to, to feel that, you know? I, I wonder if there's a way that I could like, just hug um, Lupita. You think there's like a thing that way? Yeah, you might go to jail. If she... <laughs> oh, I thought it was like a theater experience, maybe like a virtual. Reality. Oh, I see what you're saying. Maybe you just yeah. maybe you can just you can smell her skin when she walks by oh, you or dude, something like she, that. She smells like she's like she looks like she smells perfect. Pretty much. I mean, she is. A, what do you think anyway. she smells like, man? When you if you if you could think of a, a scent, Lupita Nyong'o sounds like smells like rather. What what would it be? Cocoa butter. Coconut. Take it in. You're in love, huh? I am. Um, totally. Yeah. She she's she's just amazing. And I mean, look, all the whole cast, man. I mean, look, even I mean it's Ryan Coogler, Jay. The cinematographer. All of them deserve every bit of praise they're getting. I mean, the more I the more I'm online, the more I'm seeing people try to break down the uh, casino scene. They're like, look, that scene is crazy. That small minute or three, four, five minutes is a, it, it was really difficult, bro. And there's a lot of send ups to different movies in that scene. Um, and I'm like, Cooler's just really good at what he does, man. He's really good at what he does. Now, I know that they've announced that they're going to make a sequel already. It's officially yes. greenlit. Is, is uh, Ryan Coogler a part of that? I, you know, what's funny. I haven't heard that he signed on. I know that he's going to be papered up. But like you, I think you brought it up or someone else did. What's paper? Say he asked for $30 million. That's literally considering he made them a billion dollars. Disney will be like, oh, here you go. Because it's yeah. like one day at Disneyland. They're like, we made that in an hour at one of our theme parks. You made us $1 billion if that's what your cost is. And I don't even think that might be what he's asking for. But there is no price that's too big for Disney. People don't understand what kind of money Disney has. And when they see $1 billion come in, they're going to get that person to do something again. And he'll probably make a billion dollars again. He probably Disney will do will it. Disney will be absolutely foolish to not take him on. I mean, oh, he, I, you know, and if he doesn't, he doesn't for, he doesn't do it rather for say like artistic reasons or whatever. Okay. Whatever, dude. But you know, $30 million. No, he'll do it. No, he's doing it. He's doing it. Cause he Kevin, better. I really hope he does. Feige's not going to like Feige is going to be like, Hey, he's probably already talked. He wouldn't have greenlit another one. If he hadn't had already talked to Ryan Coogler. Cause in order to greenlight it, that means you already got Chadwick. Cause Chadwick, I think he signed on for eight, six or eight or something like that. Some crazy number of, of Marvel films. And that's already, yeah, he's going to be well into phase four. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Because he already has three. He's a, he was in the uh, Civil War. Now he got Black Panther and he's in Infinity. So that's three knocked out. So technically that could go really fast. Eight can go really fast in Marvel's world. Because if you that's just true. make a cameo, technically that's one of yours gone. Yeah, like if he does something like in Ragnarok where, yes. you know, he's only, where uh, the Hulk's only in it for just a short amount of time. Bingo. That's well, part he's actually of your... in it quite a bit. But you know what I'm saying. Yes. And so... Um, 
I think Coog, he, I mean, Feige's no joke. So he probably has everyone laced up already, ready to rock and roll. It's just, um, there's quite a few coming out before that, I believe, Marvel movies. So um, Coogler, hopefully, I mean, I know him and Michael B. Jordan are working on another movie. So there's going to be a few, you know, Coogler's going to be doing other stuff other than Black Panther also. Um, which yeah, is, that's I'm a deadly wondering, combo, man. Oh, dude, there, and I'm wondering, is it going to affect, mind you, this is so far out. I, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that he's going to have time to concentrate like he did for this on the next one, because if he, if he's in demand, he's going to be doing a lot of things. And so he might be juggling while he's doing Black Panther, you know? You know, I wish I had the article in front of me, but I know that Disney recently put out like their projection of the movies that are going to be coming out over the next several years. And there's a grip of Marvel movies. So they really should be smart about this one. And you know what? Let's take our time. Let's not rush them. Let's do this right. Let's not just put it out for money. We already have all the money in the world. Let's do this shit right. Because whatever they did, it worked obviously the best that's ever worked in the Marvel Universe, right? Well. Monetarily speaking. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm sorry. You're I should have, right. I should have uh, you know, like specify what I was yes. doing. But yeah, monetarily speaking. They're on point with this movie. They are doing their break. They're record breaking with this movie. Now, what do so, you think? What does this do to DC? Destroys it. Kicks dirt in its face. Because calls it a punk. This is the wrong time. But did you see that picture of Shazam? Yeah, I did. <laughs> but you know, here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Superman looked decent on land. He looked decent on land. I and really think it's how they go about doing Shazam. I think they're going to have to take a comedic approach. I will say that the costume is spot on to the comics. So I, I give them props for that. But I, I, from what I understand, it's going to be more like a more of a comedic movie. And if they do it right, maybe that's what they need to do. They need to, Maybe this is the movie that's going to pull them out of their slump of just like snoozers and just seriously dark, you know what I mean? Dark movies that should be fun. And it's more of a labor to get through them. I know you don't share my opinion like with Justice League, but I just have yet to be impressed with the DC universe, save for Wonder Woman. So if they can do something where they make it more lighthearted and he's funny and the costume looks that way for a certain reason, I'm all for it. But I know what you mean. Looking at it, I was like, ooh, that's, ooh. That looks you know? horrific. That's, I mean, <laughs> but, it, coming- but the thing is, it, but it's spot on. That's what I, yeah, it may look horrific as far as what they've been doing with the rest of the superheroes, but I don't see them, or the Justice League, but I don't see... Shazam meshing with the Justice League. I think it's going to be like a more of a standalone. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think well, that it will be a standalone movie. They need and- they need a person like the you know um they need the you know how like like Marvel has their 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 group that does their costume design that yeah. puts a twist on things. That's what they need at DC where oh, we're just going to take the comic book and we're going to go ahead and make it exactly the way you can't do that. That's kind of what they have been doing. You know, I know you have to change woman. Yeah, you have to. I would say that, you know what? Do like Marvel does and be like, okay, what we're going to do is um, we're going to actually go ahead and um, we're going to actually go ahead. And yes, Black Panther looks like this, but we're going to make it look dope. You know what I'm saying? We're going to make it look dope. They don't have something that's just going to be like, uh, okay, we're going to take. Wonder Woman's costume, we're going to take Superman's costume, we're going to take Batman's costume and make it look dope. What they did to, I mean, you have to do something new. Something. 
You can't just be like, what we'll do is we're just going to take it and literally put it on screen. That's not necessarily what they what we want. Like, if they would have put it exactly on screen, G, Black Panther's costume, it would just been a black thing, which would yeah, look I hear tight. What you're but what they did to it, how they made it that it just uh, not only appears on him, but the necklace, I mean, the, even though that comes out of the comic, but the way they did it. I don't think DC has people that are able to just do that. Maybe not they do, anyway. and they're just not using them effectively. But either way, um, skip the costumes. Their stories need to change. I mean, that's really what it is, man. I think that they need to sell the story. And I think that people will be forgiving for the costumes. And I still don't think that we've seen, even though we've seen a picture of the costume, and which I think is spot on, who knows what they're going to do with that outfit. You know what I mean? Like maybe his costume does something. I mean, and yeah. that's why it looks that way. Or maybe it's more of like a facade. Maybe it's just one scene where he wears that for one. You know what I mean? Maybe it's going to be a different costume and they're just showing him in this one for whatever reason. I don't know. No, that's true. And also, but here's the hard part. Like normally they're acting as if they had a massive hit. What they, I mean, monetarily they might have. Like normally you go from Justice League. Like say if I had a ma- if I had an okay hit with DC, I'd be like, we have to shoot for the stars then. I think they assumed they were going to have a massive hit on Justice League and then Shazam could come and pull up the tail. Like Ant-Man. Massive hit. They got a bunch of strings of massive hit. Let's have some fun with Ant-Man. Justice League was kind of in the middle as far as, I mean, I think most people probably didn't like it really. I was one of the few that did. And now they're trying to pull up the tail end with Shazam? You know where I think they fucked up on that is I think that they they got a little bit lax because Wonder Woman did so well. Yep. Bingo. You know, and then they had the whole Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon meshing, if you will. And they, you know, they they had to work with this, but they probably got a little lax on it and they put it out as it was and it got destroyed in the box office. I mean, in the critics area, I should say it just I'm sorry, that was just very poor English. What I'm trying to say is that the critics ate this shit up. They They did did not like it. They did. And, you know. They kicked it into ass, and and now we have. But it's not a bad movie. It's just not a great movie, in my opinion. I'll still now, watch it. I thought I had a lot of fun, but again, I walked in there thinking. Uh, also, I we did that thing like we talked about earlier. I saw it with my little my my son, and he liked it, and it made me enjoy it with him. Right. You know, I enjoyed the experience. If I watched it by myself, I don't know what I would have thought. But I really enjoyed the um. You know, Flash was just such a pleasure to watch and. And watching him and and Superman have fun, and when he's trying to zip around Superman, and Superman catches his eye, watching watching Flash's face was so funny to me, dude. No, there was definitely some parts in that movie that that could have been so much better if the rest of the movie that surrounded it kept up. You know what I mean? But there, no, I, I think that they they have like all the ingredients there, man. But someone's either cooking it too long, <laughs> or not stirring it enough, or something. But they just need to work that shit out. I, I don't see how they can keep making flop after flop after flop. They're going to have to get their shit together at some point. I don't think Shazam's going to be the one to pull them out of the slump, but maybe Wonder Woman 2, which, if you don't mind, that might be a good segue for this next story. All right, what's next? Well, I'm actually very curious. I kind of know what you think about this here, but I, I want to hear some reasons why. I'm actually happy with this decision, and what I'm talking about is, ladies and gentlemen... The official announcement of who's going to be playing Cheetah in Wonder Woman 2 was set. They were talking about it last week. Uh, I forgot to mention that on the news. I actually had an article on that. But it's none other than Kristen Wiig who will be playing Cheetah. I, for one, think that this is going to be... I think she's going to do very well. I don't know what the movie's going to be like. I don't... You know, I think if... 
I don't think it, what am I trying to say? I think that if the movie flops, it's not going to be because of Kristen Wiig. No, no. I really no. like Kristen Wiig a lot. I think I like her more than you do. Yes, you do. But I kind of got a thing for Kristen Wiig, man. I really like her her whole deal, like just her whole persona. I love the character she's played. I think that she's a super solid, like serious actress. I loved her in Skeleton Twins. That showed that she had real acting chops. And, you know, I don't know if you've uh, seen this, but did you ever see, like she can actually like, she can do shit with her body. Like she can do like modern dance. You know that chandelier video with Sia? Did you see when they when they did the spin on that on the uh, I think it was the Grammys like a couple of years ago? Did you see when she did that performance? But no, no, it I proved did not. that she, yeah no like like you would think it's because Kristen Wiig's up there doing that. Now Sia's a weird chick, so she was like singing into the wall. Like see, her whole thing is I don't want you to see my face. She kind of you know how Prince used to be like that. Like she's like that. Okay, but um, so she's literally singing to a wall. And then the you know the young girl that dances in the chandelier video, she's mm-hmm. there too. And then she starts dancing with Kristen Wiig, and Kristen Wiig gets down. I mean, it's that weird kind of modern dancing. Maybe not weird. Sorry to insult anyone that loves modern dancing, but you know, it's it's there's a certain it looks a certain way. It's a little odd. Okay. She pulls it off nicely. She's not fucking around. It did not come off as as funny by any means. And what I'm getting at is that you know I think that she's a she's a good physical actress, and I think that that is one of the reasons it proves it. I think that she's going to kill this role if they give her the good script. Okay. So I'm really happy about that. But but I know that you're kind of like, eh, with her. Are you just not a Kristen Wiig fan? I I, I, I mean, um, I think what happened was um, she came out in a time where, um, you know, it was cool to be, you know, ooh, I'm, um, I'm so crazy. I'm so different. I'm so weird. I'm so eclectic. Like her and uh, Fred Armisen, you know, they had that thing going. Where it's like, oh, I'm just so different, and my comedy's so different. I'm, I'm funny, and I do this, and now I'm like, um, you know, I, I haven't seen much more of her than that. I did see a movie where she was a different sort of person and thought someone was really into her, and I forgot the movie. She did a good job, but I'm like, is it? And and you know what? The thing is, she might, they might be looking for a very eclectic person to play Cheetah. Maybe that's what they're looking for. Maybe this is all strategic. They want to have that because, you know, think about it. All these movies have been dark and dry, and that's always been like the major complaint. But now they're adding like Kristen Wiig to this. Shazam's going to be comedic. You know, maybe this is how they're trying to pull themselves up out of that dark pit by having people with good comedic timing, you know, add that comic relief to these movies that it's been missing. I think happen. it's a win. Yeah, I think it's a win, dude. I think she's going to be really, really good at that. I love a lot of her Saturday Night Live. Excuse me, Saturday Night Live. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been drinking a porter stout, guys. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit slurry. I apologize. <laughs> I think her, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. But I think her Saturday Night Live characters are really hilarious, like Gilly okay. or the Target Lady. You know, she's got chops, and I I'm really happy about this. So I'm really I've got my fingers crossed, and I hope it's going to be awesome. We shall see. What's next? We shall. All right, so this is what we were talking about earlier, and it could just be hearsay, it could just be spitballing, I don't know. But there are some rumors or some talk that's going around Hollywood that The Shape of Water producer and Guillermo del Toro may be taking on the, which was, it was actually like dropped a while ago, but they may actually be taking on that dark universe from Universal Studios. And I think that if they get Guillermo to do that, dude. It's going to be insane. Like, I really think that his, like, I think that the creature from Shape of Water 
was based on the creature from the Black Lagoon. And if he can do that, and that's kind of like his already already his like version of that. But if he can take that and do that with like Frankenstein and the werewolf and just have that 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 beautiful dark element to it, he's the perfect person to do this. It's whether or not Universal wants to allow him to do that. But now that he's got where he is and he's like best director and dude, this now's the time. Strike when the iron's hot. I think that Guillermo's the perfect person to, to helm the dark universe. He's the think? only one that could do it for me. I think he'd be the perfect person. There's, I mean, right now, if it's, if this is so, if, if it happens, he's the only one I'd want to see do it. And if he totally. did it, it would be incredible. Just period. Yeah. It would be incredible. I'm all for it, man, but it's nothing more than hearsay right now. If anything comes up on this, you're going to be the first to know. We will let you know. Yeah, because, I mean, dude, look, I'm look. you already know what I feel about Guillermo del Toro. You already know. So I'm in love anything with the he man, does dude. is gold. Yeah, he's he's just amazing. And I again, he's another person that I still don't think that we've seen his best work. Maybe we have. Maybe we just saw his best work. <laughs> but everyone has their pinnacle. And even if it is his best work, anything less than that is still going to be amazing. <laughs> so Agreed. I'm good. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's I'm totally really nothing good. that there's really nothing that he's put out that I hate. But he knows um, how to make it. Nope. Nope. Is there? Nothing. No. Yeah. He makes great movies all the time. I only saw a little bit of the strain, but I didn't hate that either. So, no, I think he's great, man. I think this is, he's definitely the guy to do it. So, fingers crossed. So, this next story is about a friend of yours. Yeah, we like go way back. Like a close friend. Yeah, we go way back. We got, we got yeah. pictures together, you know. You do. You do. We I do. don't know why I, you I, haven't I, uploaded this picture up to I Twitter. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it for this one. But uh, I'm talking please. about, you know, my, my good buddy, my good friend. My uh, compadre, Mr. John Favreau. Jean Favreau. Jean Favreau is (laughs) (laughs) the good people at Disney. And I say this because I call them good people because they're putting out good shit these days. But they were smart enough to stick with what works. They have tapped John Favreau to write and produce a Star Wars live action Star Wars series for the Disney streaming service. Every single word in that sentence just makes me get a spoiler for you. What's up? It's going to be good. It's going to be really <laughs> fucking good, dude. I think that John, John Favreau, Favreau is, is crazy, the top though. Days, dude. Like, he's he's in the top, would you say he's in the top three, top five these days of, of directors? Oh, filmmakers. I wouldn't put him. No, I wouldn't say that. No, you don't think so? Because we we are directors of what? Movies? Just, no. Okay, you know what? I'm going to take back my own words after hearing that. But would you say that he is in the... Upper yeah, echelon, he's yeah, he's in the he's in the upper crust of of the movie makers that are out these days. No, here's he what I'm saying: he's in the top to make... three of the Disney choices. He's only he's top three because he did he already did the Lion King, he did Jungle Book. He is the obvious person to do this. I love the movie Chef, which he also it made. was good. It was good. I that's honestly I really really love that movie a lot. I, there's just something about the movies that John Favreau makes that I just love. And um, I've always been a huge fan of him. That's how I, it's a quick story. That's how I, I was at WonderCon, the first one I ever attended. And he was there promoting, what was it? Um, Cowboys and Aliens. And I didn't actually see him do the panel that day. But the next day, my son and I are walking around Fisherman's Wharf because WonderCon used to be in San Francisco. And who do I run into? John Favreau. And it's like one of the only times that I ever like approached 
I never approach celebrities. Like, Can I take a picture with you? Can I take? It happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's never, it's never been like I, I gotta get a picture with this guy. I absolutely have to get a picture with this guy. And uh, I actually, I bugged him. He was with his family, and I, I walked up to him and I said, "Look, I understand you're with your family. Uh, I do not want to draw attention. I am so sorry, but I am a huge fan of yours. Um, I, I love your work." And what I did was I said, "Is there any way possible that I could just turn on my phone, you know, to flip the camera?" And look like I'm showing you something and we can get a picture. And that's exactly, he's like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. And he actually appreciated that. I didn't like go, John Favreau, hey, look, everybody, you know, so he was cool about it. And then I immediately, after I took the picture, I shook his hand and, and he, we, you know, we went on our merry way. We still write. We keep in touch. We're very close. Of course. Um, we're going to be seeing. Yeah. I'll be well, seeing I don't think weekend. you should have said you're so money Vegas baby from across the pier. Oh, that probably man. wasn't the best way to do it. But if I would have said that, he would have had every right to punch me in the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> but no, I, I think that he's the top three pick for Disney only because of the fact he is doing the Lion King, right? Yes, he is. And Disney he did the Jungle that Book. They've got yes, Disney knows they have gold, and I loved the Jungle Book. It was great. It was. Way I never watched. I, I didn't see it. it I wanted to see it really bad, but it just got away from me. Um, I think it still is on Netflix, man. You should seriously check it out. It's it's really good. Look, I love like, but also on a tangent, if you like Chef. You should try Bradley Cooper's Burnt. That was really good. I haven't even heard of that one, but I he's like a Bradley chef Cooper in this movie called Burnt, and he's one of those punk chefs that are just mean to people. But he's people can't complain because he's amazing. An amazing chef. <laughs> yes, bingo. He's just amazing. But there's only so long that you could be amazing and a punk to people before people are like, you know what? But anyway, it's about him trying to get his five-star, his five-star uh, restaurant. Well, I'll tell you this. After Silver Linings Playbook, I stopped doubting. He's really him. good. So, like, yeah, he's, he's really awesome. Good. So, I like I'm, him. I'm but uh, to Favreau, I really think that he is one of the, from Jump, he's just always been, and people don't even talk about Swingers. And Swingers is an amazing movie. It's an amazing I like Made more than Swingers. How about you? I love Made. I loved Made. That was That's my what favorite. I mean. Did out I out say of those swingers? two with him. You said swingers. I mean, but, man, uh, I said people don't talk about Maid. I mean, Maid yeah, is an amazing. Inc- oh, I love in the outtakes are incredible. It's I mean, it's like belly laugh funny too. Dude, that movie it is, is just great. Top it is uncomfortable. Bottom. Vince Vaughn is so uncomfortable that you're just like, oh gosh, don't say it. That might be one of his best, like, for the sake of this, like his asshole roles. You oh, know what dude, I mean? fantastic! <laughs> He's such an asshole in this movie. Fantastic. I mean, I love how they. I even love them both in um the breakup. How uh Vince Vaughn was like, he's like, uh, well, he's like, don't go after. And Vanilla Fry was like, yeah, well, yeah, huh? He's like, no, seriously, seriously, don't. He's like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, no. And I'm just like, it's so funny to see them working with each other. Um, I just think John Favreau's a hidden, not a hidden gem. He's a gem that uh, he keeps on knocking him out the park, and I will watch anything he does. It's like Kevin Smith. I'm going to watch anything Kevin Smith does. I'll watch anything John Favreau does because they represented a point in my life where they made a dream seem plausible. And so I would watch anything they do. There's a lot of logic to that, man. Like I think that might be the reason I like him so much too. It was the time where I was getting really interested in film. Yes. And more so like independent film. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it was just something about the timing of scene. Like, I liked Swingers, but when I saw Made, I'm like, Holy oh, this is cow, like game-changing dude. shit right here. Like, this game knows changing. how to make a movie. I watched yeah. it over and over and over again. Even and P. I, Diddy rules in that movie. <laughs> oh, he did a great job. When they were trying to, he was like, do you know what an aperitif is? I was like, oh, I don't. And so I know Vince Vaughn doesn't. 
No question. <laughs> but it was, and it's such a good, and remember when they had to sit, sit on the back of the motorcycle? Come on. Yeah. Come on, Jay. What are Man, we talking about I have about that right movie now? somewhere on Blu-ray. I'm going to have to dust that bad boy off and watch it. It's, it's been so a long good. time since I've seen Made. It's, you know what? Watch it and then put a review on Vera. Oh, yeah. I can do that. I still I gotta don't know how, how to use this. I don't, I don't know, know either. Works, we'll figure it out this week and we'll talk about <laughs> I it. I open it. It's like, here's what I do. I was like, I don't know how this works. I open it. It's just like rivers, trees, movie screen, dust bunnies. Check it out. Beatles love the day. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. What am I? What am I supposed to do? Push it's record. Like an <laughs> it was like, I don't know. Like that doesn't give me anything. And then words go across the street. Push record. Love. Guess what? Later on, hope it does. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know how to use this thing. I don't know. And it, it, I guess I have to sit down and be like, okay, Vero, how do you freaking work? It's a very attractive platform, but That's right it. now we literally have, and and what a friend to have. We got the the one and only Johnny Bucks on there as our friend right now, but we are inviting you guys to come find us on Vero. And let's have some fun, man. I think this, it's a real, like I said, it's a really attractive platform. You're yes. going to see what we're watching. Once I get Steve all hooked up with it, because truth be told, I kind of forgot the password. I got to fix all that. <laughs> but um, wow. yeah, I know. I know. I, I did something where it's just, I have to. I'll figure it out. But, but once don't we you have get to have there, separate accounts in order or do, are we logging in? No, 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 because s- we're, it's going to be as Heroes of Noise. That's the oh, account. Oh, well. Yeah. It, but check us out though. Gee, wouldn't it be the Rose of Noise on that app? Uh, if I can change it, I'll do it. But then they won't be able to find us. <laughs> That's good, man. I normally shun your puns, but I like that one. Play on words, whatever you call it. You like that? But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But um, all this, why are we ending on such a downer? Um, I don't know. I can make something up. Actually, no, no, I do have something to end on. I have something to end on. This is an important story. Yeah. So, but it is a downer. It is a downer. But I can tell you that nobody was killed. So, oh, I thought he died. Good. No, no, he did not die. Oh, you would think good. so by the uh, the uh, title of the article. Yeah. But anyway, what we're talking about, this comes from theinquisitor.com. And so, it says, uh, Motley Crue. The Dirt biopic. Crewman electrocuted on the set of Netflix film. I first found this on Twitter just this morning. Uh, Dave Blass had tweeted about it because it was one of the... He didn't say who it was, but he worked with that crew on the Preacher oh, set. no. Or some of them. So I don't know if okay. he knew this person personally, but okay. he, you know, that crew, the, the company that was doing all this, um, yeah, he knew these people. So I guess what happened was they were like wrapping up a scene and this guy was on the roof. Uh, metal roof and I don't know exactly what happened but he like electrocuted himself while they were filming this movie The Dirt is based on Motley Crue's best-selling 2001 memoir of the same name I've read the book it's a great book if you like a good rock documentary you know just a down and dirty story I cannot wait to see this movie I hope they do it justice because the book is awesome but anyway they were filming this and one of the crew members was yeah he was accidentally electrocuted and uh but the good news is Steve is that he's okay he's going to pull out of this here and you know, we, he's going to live another day, but he was Good. hurt pretty badly from what I understand. Damn. But this movie should be coming out at the end of the year, and it's got pretty nice cast. It's got uh, Daniel Weber from The Punisher as Motley Crue's lead singer Vince Neil, Ewan Rayon of Game of Thrones, who plays Mick Mars, Douglas Booth as Nikki Six, and Machine Gun Kelly, Steve's favorite person, as drummer Tommy Lee. Uh, it's also got uh, Tommy Lee's ex-wife, is going to be played, who is Heather Locklear, will be played by Rebecca Graff. She's mm-hmm. a stunning, stunning woman. And then Ozzy's even going to be portrayed in this, too, because he was pretty close with him. And he'll be played by Tony Cavallero. So, yeah, this is coming up. It basically documents 
like I think it's like roughly up to like the the early nineties. Okay. A lot of shit went down with this band. Okay. I can't wait to see this movie, but I don't want to like you know gloss over what happened. Someone got very hurt on the set. Yes, and he's gonna live, ladies and gentlemen. Good. So that's good news. That's good news. See, that's why we don't end on a bad note. We, we end on a fortunate situation. Yes, but a good a good thing's happening after. The this. only sad sad part about that is that Machine Gun Kelly is in the movie. So <laughs> am I going to see it? Probably not, Lee Crew. Oh, come on, man. You don't act like a twatly crew. Okay? Oh, no. <laughs> now, let me well, ladies something. and gentlemen. Am I, am I, hold on a second. Am I, am I mistaken? I thought you said that, that uh, Machine Gun Kelly wasn't too bad of a rapper. No, I'm not into Machine Gun Kelly, Jake. Okay, I, I may I must have dreamt that then. I thought yes, you'd you'd mention something like that. Now it's time to say goodbye because that's all we got, Lee Crew. So we <laughs> are going <laughs> from. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I don't even know what to do with you, Hudson. I do not know what hey, to do with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm coming in hotly, Crew G. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> And I'm sitting here trying to think, and I can't. You're, you're getting them all. <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. We can't wait to see you on the next time. And hopefully, just hopefully, we're going to make an even better show next week. We love you so much. So, so much. We can't wait to talk to you next week. But until then, I'm your host, Steve. My name is Dan Ramirez. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to episode 19. Spoilers, episode 20 coming your way next week. Uh, Have a great week, everyone. We will talk to you soon. Peace.